Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Geek Vibes SummerSlam, yeah. Okay, that didn't work as well as it did in my head. Anyways, how are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, this is Dane Alves with another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which me and my amazing co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews over shows coming up uh, and, and preview, or, you know, shows coming up is what I meant to say. And we'll provide you with the reviews of the shows of the past and preview shows coming up. Damn, I'm not doing good right now, Chris. So joining me, like I said, so I can get some water, cry in a corner, is my co-host, Christopher, Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, sir? I am doing wonderful, Dane. Busy week at work, etc. Watched a lot of wrestling. Watched uh, some Impact, some WWE, some New Japan, some, uh, you know. I, what's the, what's that company Tony Khan? I'm kidding. Uh, AW and uh, uh, outside of that, man, didn't didn't do too much. Kind of just lazed around the house and and worked. I'm still working from home over here. Uh, how was your week, buddy? It's a good week, man. Uh, celebrating uh, ten years at my job uh, this coming Monday, which is pretty crazy. Uh, what the fuck's going on? I mean, we've been doing this show for a long time, so. Just a lot of us self-reflecting, if you will, and uh, still watching a lot of uh, intense horror movies that somehow don't really uh, mess with my head as much as I think they should. Um, (laughs) Still testing the limits. Uh, Added a really good thriller uh, that your wife's in, actually, Oculus. Um, (laughs) And a couple other big horror movies under the belt. I can't remember. And last night, it had been a long time, but it was like a buck thirty-five, and I was like, "Dude, I haven't seen this movie forever." I watched Never Ending Story, and uh, me and Chris had a conversation before we went on air, and that just adds to um, that, that, that <laughs> viewing experience because it was amazing. Uh, I think Family Guy has ruined Never Ending Story for me because I can only think of Peter Griffin going, "Yeah." <laughs> Oh god. Uh man. Yeah, Karen was very flattered, by the way, and uh, for those who weren't part of our conversation, which was literally everyone listening to the show. <laughs> uh my wife apparently looks like Karen was it Karen Gilliam? Gillian? I, Gillian? I don't I can't ever remember uh how to pronounce her last name, but she was in uh Doctor Who and uh Nebula and uh yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. But yeah, dude, it was just weird. Because, like, specifically that movie, you know, with kind of the haircut she had, I was like, what the hell? Like, I felt like, you know, it was it was your wife, but it wasn't. It was it was the other Karen. Yeah, she was like, you should have seen me, like, when Chris and I got married <laughs> and I actually had red hair. It would have really blown his mind, basically. He's like, at least he didn't say Kristen Stewart. She gets that one a lot, too. So, <laughs> um, or at least back in the day. So, 
Oh, good shit. It's been a long... Isn't Oculus one of those WWE horror films? WWE it was. produced horror films. And it's uh, Mike Flanagan. Uh, that was one of his first early films. And yeah, produced by uh, WWE Films. But it started him on the pathway for... Uh, what is it? Uh, Haunting of Blywood Manor. Haunting of Hill House. Hush. Um, what's the one on the island? Uh, m- m- something mass uh midnight mass so he's done a lot of big stuff in horror and that was like his first little baby back i want to say in 2012 maybe yeah i mean that's the one thing that i think wwe's actually as far as their studios their movie studios does has done a decent job with is their horror films the little horror films they put out i think they found good directors to work on those and uh what was it that the what they put out that one with kane uh was it cedo evil mm-hmm. right and uh oculus i thought i thought both of those were pretty decent the rest of those movies are terrible but they put like the marines outside of that first one with john cena um uh, like uh bus driver <laughs> with uh big show like they put out a lot of shit but their their horror mil- movies turned out okay for the most part yeah, no, and, and I enjoyed that one. So it was a very interesting flick. And uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like I've watched a bunch of other ones, but it's just kind of the point where they're all coming in one. Like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe tonight a bunch of satanic um, serial murderers are going to break down my doors and uh, try to kill me. So, you know, <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> that The fucking song's going to start playing. You're gonna, like... Hear a knock on the door, dude. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's ghost carnivals. <laughs> oh my god! If I hear the ship from the Omen, that shit will really make me cry. Uh, all of a sudden, John uh, Carpenter's in my closet, like playing like a little fucking keyboard, like you know, making the soundtrack and shit. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. I love John Carpenter. I really do. I would oh, ask him here. if I could have a hug. <laughs> Can I have a hug, John? Chris, before I move on, which I'm sure the audience really wants us to do, because we're definitely talking about wrestling right now. Um, what, one question I, I should have just asked you beforehand, but I wanted to watch. I've never seen Salem's Lot, uh, the the one made in the 70s, and I wanted to watch it, and I was like, oh, Stephen King, blah blah blah. And I got to the runtime, and it's like three hours and 15 minutes. And I'm like, dude, I told myself no to Apocalypse Now recently because it was too fucking long. Have you seen Salem's Lot? And is it worth that much time to invest in it, basically? Oh, I have, man. But it's been so long ago. This would have been back in high school. I think I liked it then. I like the book a lot. I mean, I would probably say if you had the choice of the two, just get the Audible and like smoke a J and listen to that instead of watching the movie. Because, hmm. I mean, because. You could probably listen to that book on tape in like eight hours. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do a time dump into something, um, I would probably go that route. the The thing with a with that time period of Stephen King's like um the what is the Dark Side and uh, was it, uh, Rose Matters and and Salem's Lot a lot a lot of those movies he had involvement with and he wanted them to be as close to the book as they could after the shining um so they do tend to drag out and while those books are phenomenal some of that shit just doesn't play out on on screen as well dude um, 
Dude, do you remember <laughs> Storm of the Century in the nineties? That was like a six hour fucking miniseries on television and it went absolutely nowhere. But it was a creepy oh. dude that showed up during a storm. They made a big deal out of it and the whole thing was pretty fucking boring. Love Stephen King though. I really wish someone would do a remake of that because it is a very interesting story because they tie it into Roanoke and the fact the devil made an entire town disappear because they weren't able to, they wouldn't, none of them would sacrifice one child. And then he goes to this fucking town and uses everyone's sins against them as the, it's fucking great. Like the plot of Storm of the Century is fucking great, but yeah, you're right. Um, that's what happens when you do something with sci-fi channel as a miniseries <laughs> during that time period. Uh <laughs> I I um been watching that American horror stories plural. It's been pretty good this season. Enjoy. I've I've been enjoying it. Have you have you seen any of that so far? No, I I honestly I want to go back and watch specifically Asylum. I watched the first two and liked them and then I kind of fell off because it's anthology and I remember hearing the third one a lot and I got into it late, but like third one wasn't as good as blah 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 and then it was really good when they became all witches. I think it was like Coven or whatever the hell. And I want to check out certain ones, but I don't know. That's I don't like to commit, basically, is what I'm trying to say, Chris. Yeah, it's fairly new, so I don't want to give any kind of spoiler alerts. There are tie-ins to previous seasons, but it is kind of like the Twilight Zone um, method of doing a show. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of they're each own encapsulated horror story I, th- I think the two episodes they put out this season are really good so even if you haven't watched all that stuff you can watch the american horror stories plural because that's they did story and stories i guess um i think you would dig it. it it's been pretty good so far so highly recommend that's kind of the only thing i've watched outside of uh finishing up king of the hill i think i'm, I'm on the last season now <laughs> that and wrestling god damn it bobby um Hell yeah, I love King of the Hill. One of my favorite cartoons of all time, you know that. So I'm glad you're making the journey. Uh, I need to go back and do that. I definitely do. And then there's wrestling, like you said. Um, yeah, you know, nothing to talk about, really. No, nothing big that happened last weekend. No news about stuff that might completely restructure the fucking foundations of the WWE. No pay-per-views this week. Oh, actually, I'm wrong. We have all of those. And more. So, uh, why don't we, uh, why don't we, why don't we talk, uh, a little bit, Chris, of, of the, uh, announcement, uh, that we had, uh, Monday. God, that really kills my voice doing that for a while. <coughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, uh, Monday we wake up, you know, me and you basically on the last podcast were like, Oh, no involvement storyline-wise from Vince. When me shit turns purple, blah, 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 blah. It's cool Triple H has his old, you know, job back, but, you know, still is Vince now involved in creative. And, like, honestly, the fact that Bruce is still clucking in rooms and shit like that around, I'm assuming, while things are happening, I'm sure he has Vince's ear. Um, I don't know what the hell Bruce Pritchard is going to be really doing uh, now that, been, or now that Triple H basically got most of the stuff that he would be doing and Sean's in charge of all the stuff that he's doing in NXT. So he's a floating head. Uh, you know, not really storyline-wise, but uh, I don't see uh, Kevin done. I-, I feel like Kevin might be done. 
I think is the way I put it to you um, in the future. And especially after that video I sent you of some behind the scenes stuff of like Triple H bitching about Kevin Dunn to Stone Cold on their podcast a few years back. Um, I'm just weird about this news. And, you know, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. Just get out with it. You guys already know. Apparently Triple H, I say apparently because influence might be in other directions. His fucking wife, the CEO, is Stephanie McMahon. So I'm still, you know, a little bit, uh, it's, it's hard for me to, to, to say fully committed that Triple H is, is in charge of creative. Because I think he is, Chris, but you know what I'm saying? Like, is he? Uh, you, we'll talk about what happened on Ron Smackdown. We'll talk about the reports of stuff going forward. I have to say I'm excited. And when I heard those reports, I did like a, a yes, but I'm still trying to tamper my expectations. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the, I guess the real question here is did the cerebral assassin, uh, set all this up <laughs> just to get his old job back? Uh, uh, all, all joking aside, it, it has been weird, <clears throat> weird week. Uh, I didn't really see very much changes as far as WWE goes with Triple H taking back over. But uh, from the reports we've heard from multiple outlets, sounds like they were cruising into SummerSlam with whatever they had because they didn't want to fluctuate the stock market too much. I, I, I know one big change is they did a fake injury with Riddle uh, to set up some kind of Seth match which I didn't watch SmackDown last night, so if you, if you know what that is, I guess we can talk about it here in a bit. But that's kind of the only big thing I, I saw different or heard, heard different about the show so far. We, I mean, me and you wanted Triple H to get the reins back when he was running NXT, and if it's true and Vince is clearly gone and doesn't really have any involvement, that makes me think that they have him bent over a barrel. Uh, with whatever else is going to come out. I'm, I'm still not convinced there's not more with the whole Vince McMahon story. Um, maybe this is a thing to appease the public and leave him alone since he's 78 years old. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks with Triple H, especially coming out of this pay-per-view. But, uh, I mean, like I said, there's, it's too early to judge what's what's really going to happen. As far as like Kevin Dunn goes... Uh, if I'm Stephanie and Triple H, fire that fucker. I mean, you have working relationships with NBC. You can you can find people that can shoot a camera into a ring and not do a bazillion camera cuts. So, yeah, especially since he had no problem undermining you apparently, uh, because he's such a stooge for Vince. You know, he's. I don't see him staying there that long. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird with Triple H because, like I said, there's still feels like there could be some type of involvement with Vince uh, in one way or another. Like his, you know, now, now the thing that also happened Monday that we have to take into account, uh, Wall Street Journal reported, and I don't know if this was the big bomb, Chris, but, you know, it's much more what's to come, but a pretty big ass one. So what was it? I think 20, no, 30 years to the day in 92, when he was uh, taken off of charges and not indicted uh, for the steroid trial. <laughs> the same day, Wall Street Journal uh, reported that the government's uh, looking into Vince with this whole entire thing, because it looks like he might have used some company money 
and now they're getting involved on the investigation themselves. So, uh, yikes! Maybe uh, Vince is going to be held back a little bit because that's interesting. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the. Those are the kind of things that make me think he's going to fly under the radar. And that was the big question because you know, once someone signs an NDA, they can't really. You can't say like I'm okay with this, sign an NDA, and then take someone to court for it to get them actual criminal charges. But if he used company money after they were publicly traded, et cetera, then it becomes like an embezzlement type deal, and you can definitely mm-hmm. get fucked up for that. Um, which is kind of what I was assuming was going to come out about Vince. But I, you know, I I, I did read some of that Wall Street Journal um, story on Vince. I I, I think there's more coming though. I really do. Yeah. And, and as far as him stepping back, um, that probably has the most to do with it because it's gonna it, it's gonna drag his name through the mud, but also Triple H's and Stephanie's and, and the entire company to some extent. It's why when they did the you know they did the Vince goodbye with with Steph there, she did not put him over at all. They didn't do a video package for his retirement. They didn't do anything um, on that SmackDown, which like I said, just leads me to believe that there's fucking more coming. (laughs) So they definitely didn't want to give the fans any kind of uh, farewell Vince kind of send off because WWE's done that in the past. We'll say with like, I don't know, Chris Benoit. Um, Yeah. And they, they seem like they've definitely tiptoed around uh, Mr. McMahon during this entire process. So I'm sure that board knows a lot. So uh, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but it, it was time for Vince to move on like five years ago from booking WWE. If, if, and, and I don't mean this to like undersell the terrible shit Vince has done, but we've always talked about Vince being a terrible person. Um, let's just say as a booker in his involvement in wrestling today, we wanted Triple H to be in this position a long time ago. Even if they were booking with committee with, you know, Triple H and Road Dog and Paul Heyman, like you and I have been calling that for, well, me, Gabe Sapolsky, add him in there. We've been calling for this for years and almost since we started the podcast, back when NXT was good. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think that's going to be the clear route. I, I don't know, you know, if you're, if you're Triple H or Stephanie McMahon, you're part of that board and Vince has... <laughs> potentially legal uh, shit coming his way and you need to keep contracts with Fox and NBC universal. Uh, I think that, yeah, he might just legitimately be out the door. Uh, once they get through, I, I think once we get through the pay-per-view this weekend, we will for sure know more, but um, yeah. End of the era, man. End of the Vince McMahon era. It's crazy. And that's why I'm still, like I said, I don't know. Intrepidatious? Is that is that the word I can use? I have a big vocabulary. It's just I'll 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 once changes happen because obviously, all right, so the whole thing with this week is apparently they're on cruise control. They're just trying to keep it going until SummerSlam. They did some cool stuff like with Raw having the opening with the Miz and 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 uh what should we call it? Uh Logan Paul just beating the crap out of each other. And then later on with Roman Reigns coming out and that whole entire segment with Austin Theory and, and Paul Heyman and the Usos. A lot of that was great. And then they started doing tropisms, I feel, from a Vince McMahon style where they went from two guys fighting to now a tag team to this, this. And then they brought back out Logan Paul and The Miz 
to even add more to it with the Maurice, with the tiny balls things. And SmackDown was good, too. Obviously, shorter format. Uh, that's usually why we like it. But, you know, the big-ass brawl between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus took out a giant chunk of it. It was a great match. Drew's going against whoever wins between Brock, um, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns from SummerSlam. So there's a lot of stuff that they did and a lot of stuff that they did with cruise control. You didn't see any differences in it that people are hoping would maybe like someone like a Pete Dunne or a Tommaso Ciampa. I think partially we should probably just chill a little bit. Maybe this, like like people are saying, like Dave Meltzer is saying, this is the week cruising into SummerSlam. After that, we're going to see some changes. But it's probably, realistically, stuff major, I would think, is going to take at least a month, man, to kind of groove into a new... I'm, I'm not going to expect it to be NXT next week, basically, Chris. Yeah, and I would agree with you. I mean, they got to get through whatever storylines they already have set up and then come up with whatever the next idea is, plus build whatever their major storyline for Mania is going to be. Uh, which it doesn't, it seems crazy, but it kind of is around the corner to get into Mania season. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. For sure. I, like Like I was saying earlier, I didn't see any super major changes, but that was kind of to be expected. I mean, I wouldn't, I would say we need to see where this company's at in four months, like headed into WrestleMania. I think that's where you're going to start seeing massive changes and kind of who they bring up and from NXT and some of the guys are getting pushed. I mean, this is probably good news if you're fucking Sami Zayn because Triple H booked him as one of the best babyface champions of all time. So hopefully we'll get to see more Sami Zayn. We'll get to see more Kevin Owens. We'll get to see, you know, the people that people like on their wrestling shows. Uh, the big thing is hopefully we we get to see a lot more fucking wrestling on our three-hour Raw. That'll be good. So I I, I don't know. It's um, the, I guess we'll talk about it on when we, get, when we go over Raw, but I do have some stuff to say about the Logan Paul segment when we get there. Um, go ahead right now, because I think that's going to be pretty much the sum up of the raw, uh, review, if you will. So Logan Paul fucked up his promo. Maurice comes out and starts talking. Why did you mention my kids? Well, he never mentioned the kids in his promo. I don't know if he just fucking whiffed on whatever he was supposed to say, but it was awkward as shit <laughs> because yep. She's running him down about this stuff and clearly doing a good job at whatever her promo was supposed to be. He just missed whatever line was supposed to set this up. And she just went out there and was like, I know my lines and did the thing. <laughs> and it was fucking awkward. Uh, the fact that one caught her and was like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do now. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't even think, I mean, if it were to have worked out, with the, the correct lines, which that was really fucking awkward, like you said. Um, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. The whole comedy of, like, you know, he doesn't have tiny balls, blah, 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 blah. But it did make it even more fucking awkward and ridiculous. I honestly, Chris, I, I think they should have just kept that brawl at the beginning of it. You don't expect Miz to do something like that. It kind of made, like, tensions and kind of actually had me more intrigued in the match. Uh, the way they started out randomly just fighting than anything that they had done and definitely anything they did afterwards 
uh, with the normal Miz TV esque fucking segment that kind of gets. Uh, it, it made it like it, it put some weight, some gravitas uh, on the uh, the whole thing, and then they ended up doing the same shit afterwards, basically. Yeah, I mean Logan Paul definitely got heat. The fans did not like that guy. Um, so we will see. It's just weird to do heel versus heel, especially with the Miz, who's. I would. I want to say. I can't even. I, has he been babyface in the past like five years? Realistically, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. So Miz and Maurice are the babyfaces headed into this match between Logan Paul and Miz, which is which is fine. But um, yeah, the promo was fucking awkward. I, I think that maybe like you were saying, just have done the brawl and left it at that. Uh, it didn't help that Logan fucking flubbed whatever the hell his promo was supposed to be. And they let Maurice go out there and cut her very scripted promo, which like I said, this is not her fault. Like if it's, you know, it's like if we were doing uh, like an Abbott and Costello bit and I just didn't do the lead up to whatever the punchline was. Yeah. And unfortunately when you have newer wrestlers that are not used to that type of thing, you know, that can tend to happen. So Logan's obviously new to that. Um, that's another thing. Just, just, just real quick before we go into, I guess we'll we'll go into SummerSlam since we're on the topic of WWE and get our predictions out of the way. Um, especially with these writers thing, if if they have like a, a team that's more assembled, like like you know, me and you have said, you got your Jeff Jarrett's, potentially Road Dog coming back if you want to do that. You know, um, you said Gabe Sapolsky, which is a great idea. Paul Heyman. You know, Sean, maybe whoever, uh, if if they're kind of like trying to book it a different way, I'm sure they're still going to potentially have writers. But me and you, I think both kind of hope that if they're going to fucking try to cut down on their budget, even though they're making more money hand over fist, maybe go after that division and kind of like get rid of a lot of the television writers. I'm just wondering, especially since we get to the point where. People need cues, you know, before what their dialogue is going to say and whatnot. Uh, what what do you think promos are going to get like? Do you think that we're going to have a lot more natural promos or a 50-50 split? Or is it still going to be a majority scripted uh, in the next coming weeks? What do you think? Well, if, I mean, if Triple H is really, really going to be head of creative and there's no back talking around him and he's the end all be all i would assume that it's going to be very much like it was when you know nxt was what i would consider in its prime with Sami Zayn, where they're cutting i mean they're scripted promos but he's letting the characters themselves be themselves. It, it doesn't have to be a word for word type deal um so i would think it'd be more like Hey Kevin, this is the idea. We want you to say these three things, but also we want you to just say whatever the hell you want to say. Like Kevin Owens has been doing that on the main roster for a while. There's certain people that do have that ability, even when Vince was there. So I would assume it's going to be cl- more close to that um, going forward. Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense, and that's exactly what I hope happens as well. Is kind of. More open communication, not such structured dialogue, you know, leaning heavily into phrases and shit like that that people don't say normally. 
allowing it to be a little bit more natural and working together with the uh, talent, you know, and whoever needs more help needs more help. And if they don't, Hey kid, Cody, you do your thing, bro. <laughs> I will say that like the uh, structured promos have helped out a lot of the people in NXT recently. Cause I think that show is slowly starting to get better. And, um, it's not something I would eliminate completely because not everyone's going to come out and cut a fucking John Moxley promo. Uh, it's, it, you know, I, I think that you do need to give them some leeway. It doesn't need to be word for word, whatever's written down on a sheet of paper. But uh, I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that will completely bury the writers. I think it's the utilization of, you know, having Roman Reigns say stupid shit uh, when, like, during his initial push as a baby face like that kind of stuff is where it becomes more problematic where you're taking away someone's personality completely so hopefully it's just you know a mix of that because there's there's definitely wrestlers on that main roster that need a script yeah no i definitely agree with you as many wrestlers you think could wing it like kevin owens like a cody Sami Zayn. So many others. There's definitely people that's like, just read the fucking lines, please. Just go out there and do your thing. Uh, somehow Brock's become a pretty natural uh, promo, and you know that most of the time he's just saying whatever the fuck he wants to. <laughs> I think I think that's why it works because he's Brock is actually Brock. His personality gets over is like that's who Brock is, right? So. It's a fine line, though, because there's definitely people there where you wouldn't necessarily want them going on a long rambling uh, themselves promo. Yeah. No, I agree. And usually like someone like Paul Heyman or someone else is there to bring him back in. <laughs> <And> Paul <laughs> Heyman's one of the best guys on the mic, bar none. So, you know. Yeah, makes sense. It's going to be, uh, the, I mean, well, I guess we can talk about it since we're talking about WWE before we move along to SummerSlam. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who this company tries to bring back in that were recently fired. <sighs> There's a couple. You, all right. We already heard. That's actually a pretty good thing to do before we get into SummerSlam because some of these implications might happen. I don't know. Um, a lot of people are, are noting, Chris, that... Hunter, you know, guys and gals that got let go as of recently uh, that are not signed to a company. There's already apparent feelers uh, being sent from the WWE from Triple H and Stephanie leading it to both Naomi and Sasha Banks. Uh, we've heard that. And then if you think about it, you know, Killer Cross, Karrion Cross, whatever you want to call them, Scarlet, they don't really they're not tied down to anything. They don't have a major contract. They have like a, you know, as they go type of thing going on in MLW, uh, New Japan. They've been over at uh, New Japan Strong, I should say. Uh, they, they've been here and there, but nothing, you know, 100%. Johnny Gargano was a part of a video package on Impact, uh, giving a salute to Alex Shelley and talking him up. I know that, and everyone was like making a big deal of this. But from what I know, once again, him and Candice don't have a home. Uh, they're just kind of right now. They had a kid. They're just relaxing. Uh, there are wrestlers out there. Another person, Bray Wyatt, who has chilled 
hasn't done a fucking thing really and had a good relationship with Hunter. Who knows? You know, everyone's making their lists. I've seen a lot of them, and that usually includes all the people I've talked about. Uh, maybe a Braun Strowman. I don't know. But there are guys out there that are not 100% signed to a contract that were big names in the WWE or big names in NXT that Hunter did like that are floating in limbo. Would he go for and grab any of them? And if my opinion, I would. I'd fucking grab whoever, you know. Uh, with Gargano, who knows? You can either like really try to like stock up NXT with some, some you know, bigger names, if you will, to try to like help this green as grass fucking shit they have there. Um, Io Shirai is another person, you know. She kind of was like done with WWE. I- I'm very curious if he's going to try to mend things with certain people that he wants to be a part of. Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, because now it's really up to him, and there's no more animosity between a decision that Vince McMahon made or John Laurinaitis fucking broadcast through Vince. You know, they're gone. Yeah, I mean, I I think the biggest gun there is Sasha Banks. You definitely don't want her showing up in AEW, right? So I don't know whatever the hell money they're going to have to pay to get her back, but she would be the one I would focus on the most. Uh, Johnny Gargano is great and 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 all, but I, you know Sasha Banks was probably one of the most over superstars they had uh, when she had her when she was having her title run and in feuds with Charlotte, et cetera, and can get back to that same level. I, I, there's a lot of people that really love Sasha. I don't know if a lot of this hurt her, um, you know, through all the time off that she's had and and walking away from the company. But, you know, with Vince not being in power, I think fans will be more accepting if they bring her back and hell, maybe even have her cut a promo of former leadership in the company or something. And I think she'd be just right back to where she was, especially if you put her in a meaningful feud. Io Shirai is another big name that I think is important to NXT, but could be very important to the female roster in general. Um, Now that Triple H is kind of back in, in, in if he's really back in charge. Uh, maybe that contract gets done. There was a lot of rumors that she wasn't going to resign, and and that's still possible. I mean, she could always go back to stardom, which has been a very, very popular show recently in Japan, and I think they've been putting on some good fucking shit. But uh, I don't think that she's... If they pay her an actual contract and put her on the main roster, she wouldn't be making the same kind of money. Uh, With Gargano... I don't. I don't know what you do with him on the main roster, even even taking this out of the picture. I don't know how you feel. People are probably going to get mad at me for saying this because everyone wanted Gargano to. I think a lot of people wanted him to show up in AEW, and who knows? That might actually still happen. But I think Gargano would get a lot more eyes. Like I said, if they if they took a couple wrestlers, we do have the draft coming up. That's two things that we also forgot to talk about. The draft's coming up in September. They're about to go to a PG-14 format, the exact same rating that AEW has. So that is that is kind of important with the creative going forward. Uh, less restraints. But Gargano, if you put Gargano and, and Candice back on NXT, I think that that's going to get back an NXT audience. And if you have some people that are not doing anything on the fucking main roster that have been on that like they've done before, say with an AJ Styles, a Finn Balor, whoever, 
but have a couple of those guys because, like I said, you have a lot of green-ass people that need help, and they're just going against other green-ass people. So, you know, Gargano, you could have come in there, him and Candice, and do that. Or one of the best tag teams, I'm sorry, in the last 10 years was DIY. Tommaso Ciampa ain't doing shit. Have them fucking destroy people. Uh, there's an idea, too. And yes, normally, me and you would say Vince doesn't give a fuck about tag teams. But I don't know how Hunter feels, and hopefully if we can get some differences, instead of seeing the fucking Street Profits and the Usos and the New Day cycle out who the fuck's going to go against each other. And I love all those guys. But, like, actual tag division. You have some good tag teams right now. Let's see what you can do with fucking five hours of television. Yeah, that that would have been my suggestion too. Is do do Gargano and put him uh, Champa back together, and fucking do DIY again. I think that would be great on the main roster. And building up a tag division is not a bad thing right now. Tag tag team wrestling is hot. It's hot, Dane. People are really into it right now because there's AEW kind of brought that shit back from the dead, basically. Um. So yeah, it, you know. The Briscoes, they were like, damn, if we would have waited like four months, we could have got signed to WWE. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you remember that Hunter guy? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like with as hot as tag team wrestling is, I think it would make a lot of sense to branch off and do more than just what they have. Uh, and we've been saying this for forever. Like if they put some of these guys in tag team, they've done it in the past, like put just put two random guys together and make them a tag team. <laughs> played Sheamus and Cesaro. It was a pretty good tag team. The bar, you know, like sometimes it works out. They figure out a way to get there and build a storyline out of it and make those two a tag team. Uh, the the Rock and Sock connection, for instance. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Kane. You can you can take stars and put them together and have a good tag division. Um, yeah, that's definitely something I hope that they do going forward. But it it's... The biggest thing is like like you were saying, Johnny Gargano back on NXT, I think would be a a good move to be a top guy there and help out because I mean he is Mister Wrestling to some extent, Johnny Wrestling himself. And Johnny Wrestling loves who the guy that's in charge of the show, Shawn Michaels. So <laughs> yeah, what do you want me to do, Dad? Okay, I'll go do it. <laughs> yeah, like uh, he would be able to go and have great matches with people that shouldn't be having great matches. So oh my uh, god, dude, let me let me let me. So okay, so I just thought about this. If if Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano are are Shawn Michaels' to, uh, kids, Adam Cole's more like Shawn Michaels, and 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 Marty's Johnny. You know. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. That's uh, that's kind of mean in some way, but I don't I don't know. How he to really he killed that. someone and buried the body in a river or some oh, shit. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so let's go over this paper. <laughs> he got forced to give a blowjob behind a bowling alley and then murdered the dude. What we love a you, Marty. Fucking weird story. We do love you, Marty, but goddamn, bro. <laughs> All right, so this is SummerSlam. This is the Wikipedia pages uh, breakdown. Like I always say, this is not necessarily the matches in order, but what they have. I will say asterisks. You know, now. That we do know that the whole Seth Rollins, uh, Matt Riddle thing that was set up with the 
doing the fucking spike on the uh, on the stairs, getting stomped, that that was all bullshit, and that we don't know really exactly what's happening, but a lot of people are assuming, Chris, you know, and even talking about some of the guys that we said could potentially come back. You know, we don't know if Seth's going to have a match. He's gloating about it. Uh, online, on Twitter, he kind of, like, made fun of it, and then Triple H, like, retweeted it and, and, and said something uh, sarcastic back to him. Doing a really good job with the breakdown because uh, I saw these a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly what they say verbatim. But what I'm trying to say is Seth, he was implying that Seth still might have a match. Now, Cody's injured. I'm pretty sure that Cody is not going to be the guy to go randomly against Seth Rollins. I will say that whoever, if there is a person going against Seth, maybe a returning person or or something, it would be kind of funny if Cody comes out first to introduce him, just to throw off the audience, keep that rivalry thing going with with Seth and Cody going forward, and just have Cody be able to be at SummerSlam and wave high tonight uh, to 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 the crowd, get get a nice little pop, uh, but. I'll just I'll throw it to you because I need to really actually think about this because I I really have no idea who that mystery person could be. Um, maybe I'm not thinking about people injured. I guess, maybe Randy Orton, I guess, if he's back, and that would make sense of Cody introducing him. Okay, that that could work. Uh, what do you think? Randy Orton, even if he's injured, you could do like a false match you could have you know seth re-injure him with a sledgehammer or something so that kind of makes sense if you're building to the riddle seth match uh to further that storyline along the other name that's been thrown out there is bill goldberg who they called immediately as soon as uh they thought lesnar was going to be out after the vince stuff as far as like other people you could throw in there. I mean, if you want to pull Braun Breaker up to the main roster, he would be a name you mm. could be against Seth. Uh, I, Kevin Owens, I know he was hurting. I don't know if he's like actually injured, but they had given him some time off. Uh, him and Seth have a pass together. He has a pass with Triple H. Triple H kind of made a babyface comment on Twitter, like you were saying. Does Triple H have his own monster? Is he going to become an on-screen character? Could it be Kevin Owens? Again, to fuck fuck over Seth Rollins, you could do something like that. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. I mean, the one thing I the one that I put over yesterday when we were talking uh, on Facebook Messenger or whatever was, I hope it's just Sami Zayn. <laughs> like I hope Sami Zayn just wins against Seth Rollins and be fucking hilarious. Um, well, but you know, he would, was, he was jaw jacking. Uh, well, actually he was laughing like a maniacal idiot, but he did have that eye contact with Roman Reigns. So since <laughs> Sammy is a part of the bloodline, you know, he should probably make up for his, uh, adopted cousin, uh, Roman and, and defend his honor. Yeah, this is like the one change to SummerSlam that does have like Triple H kind of written on it. He's like, well, what if we save the riddle thing for down the line? I would assume that it's Orton. It makes sense. But, you know, those are the other names I would throw out there. Uh, Breaker, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. uh, And we just... One other, but I can't think of it. Maybe Gargano, I guess, if you want a big surprise. 
that's that's the thing is like, and we discussed some some male superstars. I don't think, and this people have been saying, oh, it's gonna be Johnny Gargano, or it's gonna be Karrion Cross, or it's gonna be Bray Wyatt. I don't think that quickly you could do something like that. Maybe in an appearance, but I don't know if you could really get all that in order. I could be wrong, but also you gotta think. Bray would get a reaction. That would, but I don't know if Johnny carrying cross. You need to build them, really, because of what the fuck happened to him while they were in there. I don't know if that would be a big attraction all of a sudden. And I love carrying cross. I love Johnny Gargano. I'm just saying, like the audience doesn't know them or they, they don't have the best taste in their mouth for them. So I would assume it's people like you said, maybe even a Braun Breaker or should we just start calling him Rex Steiner? Can you go back we to that? Should. Hopefully that's one of the first changes they make is they start calling him Rex Steiner. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I would think that you're going to try to pull either pull someone up from NXT or bring in someone established that's been on the main roster previously. Uh, Johnny Gargano, because he's never been on the main roster. You have to, I mean, people need to remember that there's there's a huge part of that audience that has never watched or doesn't care about NXT. They watch Raw and they watch SmackDown and then they watch the papers. And then there, there's a pretty large chunk of people that are only going to be tuning in that don't watch WWE anymore, but watch sometimes they'll watch SummerSlam or Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. So I just uh, this is not a platform where you just insert Johnny Gargano because people are going to be like, who? And that's nothing against him. I mean, that's just what that's because of Vince partially. Yeah, and I mean that doesn't to me that doesn't do any that doesn't do Gargano any favors really. No, even if he shows up and has a great match with Seth, which that would be a fucking amazing match. I I'm hundred percent fine with what would happen in the ring. I just don't know that. Oh that's yeah, gonna... <laughs> I don't. Oh know that yeah, that would be a them. fucking awesome awesome match. That would be a great match. <laughs> Hopefully, the the fans out there are saying that it you know it should just be Gargano. It's because they know that that'd be an awesome match, not because they think that that's the best thing to do if you're going to bring Gargano in. I, I like I, I would almost put Gargano back in NXT first. And then if you want to move into the, hopefully with Triple H involved, you'll just move everyone all around all the time. Yeah. And instead of doing this draft show up and they're like, this is draft night, no draft. <laughs> We're combining the titles, bitches. Oh, and then there's also, and I mean, uh, you would think that they would be involved with maybe another match we'll talk about uh, with his old faction, but Edge is bound to come back. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe you do babyface Edge versus heel Seth. Have we already done this? I don't fucking know. Where's my dad? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they did. And then... Was that a year ago? God... It feels like it because the ed- the edge stuff has been kind of terrible since he lost to Roman. Um, man, I for- I I forgot the edge existed. I'm not gonna lie. As far as the osmosis of what he's done since making that Royal Rumble return and then taking a shot at the title and then getting stacked on top of Daniel Bryan for the pin, everything else that he's done, I've not been a huge fan of. It's not really Edge's fault, but no. I'm, I'm, that's the thing. It's like now you had him a part of this team to Judgment Day. They're going against Mysterios uh, for this. Uh, that basically <laughs> beat the crap out of Ray in front of Dominic. Dominic finally was like, "All right, I'll join you guys." And then because he waited too long, they beat the crap out of him, so he's not worthy. And then they ruined Ray's 
20 year anniversary party, which was just rude. But yeah, is Edge going to be involved in this match, Chris? Uh, Damian and Finn with the f- beforehand when you were giving us those packages, I was thinking that they're they're basically they're, they're doing Edge, but it's a Bray Wyatt package, if that makes sense. Like it's all flashes of stuff involved in Edge's career. You can see little things here and there, but it's very like scrambled up, creepy looking, very much like a Bray Wyatt. So I I, I have no idea. Maybe maybe what's going to happen is the the Mysterios are going to lose, I guess, because I don't know how the fuck they're going to win. And then Finn and Damian are going to start just beating the crap out of them, Chris, and 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 Ridley. And then the lights are going to go off. They're going to come on, and Edge and Bray Wyatt are going to merge together like Vegeta and Goku as one person. <laughs> it will be Edge with a fiend mask, and then he'll destroy all of them. I don't know. That's just an idea of something. They're gonna they're gonna do the fusion, ha, and then merge. Um, no, I mean my my guess would be when they were doing those video packages, they didn't aim it towards one person because they did that with Bray Wyatt in the past and Chris Jericho, if you remember, and then it ended up being fucking Jericho. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're like, we're gonna bring in someone mysterious, but we're gonna make this as vague as possible, <laughs> just in case that person I don't know doesn't re-sign with our company. Hey so, man, you know what I'm it could. I mean. Very much could be Edge. Uh, as far as like what the match is going to look like, is Rhea just going to be a manager at that point? Because like, who's Ray and his son going to bring in to be? If they do like a, I would assume they would do a trios match if they're doing kind of like a faction versus faction kind of thing. No, it's it's just a two on two. What I'm assuming because she got up all in her face before Rhea Ripley just smushed her. That maybe they take a. Um, uh, what, what the hell's Ray's daughter, Aaliyah? Buddy Murphy's uh, girlfriend. Buddy Murphy's wa- well, that's the funny <laughs> thing actually, because Buddy Murphy's girlfriend in real life is actually Rhea Ripley. So that's uh, a <laughs> little weird, uh, web we weed or that, that would be uh, Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense they would have heat then. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, uh, I you know, with Edge, I just hope when he comes back, he, you know, hits the on the day and pops, and he gives a couple spears, and it sets up a match with him and Finn Balor, which I think is probably the best match you're going to get out of that group with Edge. Um, I'm down for that. That sounds like a fine feud. If Bray comes back, I don't want Bray to come back here because it, then it would make me think that he's going to fall into whatever the hell this group is, and. I know that Bray is a good group leader, but we—I don't know that we need a rehash. I, I want him to come back as kind of the character he was teasing on Twitter and be something completely different. I would love, and and I think this thing—it's like when I say this, it'd be like, "Oh, it would never happen," because there's no way Vince would fucking do this. But I feel like Hunter might, instead of just having Bray show up, if he does get him back involved in WWE. There's been a lot of weird, cryptic shit he's been posting on Twitter for the last two weeks. You guys can check out. Um, and maybe is kind of hinting at the character like that he was creating, you know, with different images and shit, but still has a lot of those fiend uh, stuff. Like, what I'm saying is, like, we talked about this for Dexter Loomis, I think, a long time ago, where 
someone just goes fucking missing on the show in the back, or someone's completely laid out and destroyed. And for like, build it for like a month or two, you don't know what the hell's going on. Lights are going out, fucking people are just getting taken out in the back. It's like really creeping people out and causing tension. And then finally, it's Bray Wyatt. Because the thing about The Fiend is, when The Fiend first started, when he was just coming out of nowhere and then taking out a legend like Jerry Lawler and then choking his ass out and then they both disappeared or or doing some of the weird shit that he was doing in the back or the original vignettes for the Firefly Funhouse were creepy as hell. That's when it worked. It's when Vince kind of got involved that it went off the rails. So if this is a new iteration and you can even like he wanted to be creepy, he didn't want to be goofy. And that's obviously the direction he was forced to kind of go in. So, yeah, I mean, you can't No, I don't think anyone can blame it on Bray for how that character was directed. Um, I mean, he pulled out a giant hammer in a Hell in a Cell match that was awful. I don't think that Bray Wyatt <laughs> sat down. Him and Randy Orton was like, or no, him and Seth is like, this is the way this match is going to work. I'm going to go get a really big hammer. <laughs> um, yeah, because when they were doing the storyline you were talking about, the Jerry Lawler, where he was going through legends, I was like, oh, it's going to be a legend killer thing leading him back up to Randy Orton because they have a past. I was like, mm-hmm. that's fucking great. That's a good way to take it, but they didn't do that, Dave. They did not. And then, and then they fired the guy. So. And his wife. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's, he got uh, fucked over like CM Punk. Uh, I, I, look, look, Bray, I'm sorry. How's the baby? Is, every, is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah. Just. Hunter, I'm, just. I'm in charge now. Uh. Hunter's gonna have to join the kiss people's ass club, the Vince fucked over club. Club. Something I like mean, that. they they got money. Just pay the people you want to come in what they deserve to be paid. And I'm sure they'll come back. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, I hope the other the other two that you know big names because I think Bray's the other person. Everyone else is you know like we said, Karrion Cross, John Gargano, Io Shirai. All of them are awesome, but. I'm talking about Bray and then also the two ladies that left. God, if Sasha Banks shows up in a big way, uh, I would also, since Naomi wanted to do this and then they said no to her, let her fucking join, like we said, a million goddamn time with Roman and the rest of them. Like, what? Wh- why not? She would be the dominant female force in it. Yeah, I mean, if you're building out the tag division, she could even be the Usos manager to some extent. I mean, she could still have matches and stuff, but you could put her as a manager for the Usos. They don't need a manager necessarily, but she could be out there causing distractions and and uh, causing shit, stirring the pot. It gives you another way for the Usos to win without them just winning dominantly. Um, yeah, I don't think that's the worst idea. No, and and and, and Naomi is. She's really good as a baby face, but I feel like it became pretty one-dimensional after a while. I'd like to see some depth in her, and if she really wanted to do that, I don't know why that would be a thing under this new regime. With Sasha, though, I feel like no matter what, I I think people are going to embrace her like a baby face. Like if she just pops up, her music fucking starts the bing, you know, they're going to go fucking nuts. So. I mean, it, 
this is a great storyline in WWE. If you're out there listening, you can totally do this. You, if you re-sign Sasha and Naomi, put her with the bloodline and then also have Roman put like, uh, put Sokoa from NXT with the bloodline and have yep. a storyline where Sammy is just disappointed because he can't get in the bloodline. So he finally is like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to fight the bloodline. <laughs> you can make a whole storyline out of that. <laughs> I love that, dude. Ama- amazing television. Dude, Solo Sako is another he him and, and I feel like him and um and Braun uh breaker the most. Like they're ready. They're fucking ready to come up. Um, Tony D'Angelo for a guy that's had like 20 matches has gotten really fucking good and I'm I've mm-hmm. turned the corner on him. I think they've given him some very stupid storylines, but that guy's really good. I think they they definitely can do something with him. Well, it's it's um, weird the ones that me me and you said had the most potential when 2.0 first started and we were being somewhat optimistic, I believe were the three of them and then Parker Bardot, which Parker's now in AEW apparently, but He's not there anymore, but those three, Tony D'Angelo's got a lot of personalities, getting better in the ring, still green as hell. Braun Breaker, natural fucking athlete, natural pro wrestler because of his, uh, you know, his pedigree, his family. And uh, Sol Sokoa, same thing. I mean, his, his, his blood is in the sport. So um, I think they're going to do better than that. Uh, the one dude that looks like uh, uh, like if, if Edge and Test had a baby. <laughs> he's gotten better, but he's still fucking trash. <laughs> what the hell's that guy's name? Von Von Wagner. Von Wagner. Cha. Okay, <laughs> going to join Imperium. <laughs> when the fuck is Gable Stevenson gonna fucking make? Well, I guess he's still wrapping up shit in collegiate wrestling, but I mean, he's yeah, already was... won everything like three times over. Like, well, that was part of all the his... records. Well, that was part of his contract, right? Is that he was going to finish out whatever his obligations were for uh, collegiate wrestling in the Olympics. So next Olympics is what, 2024? <laughs> I, I don't know. That That's one of those signings where uh, it it kind of made Tony Khan seem like a genius because <laughs> if you go back and and hear that that interview where they're asking him about Gable Stevenson. He was like, "Yeah, he's an incredible amateur wrestler." But while they were dicking around with that contract, I was busy signing CM Punk. Like, it's a good point. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe that guy comes in and he's amazing. Who the hell knows? Oh, but, uh, so- it's taken a long time for him to even get to the fucking show at this point. So he wanted to, I guess, apparently try to go for the NCAA Division One championship for a third time uh, and get into the Big Ten championships, and he did. And that was, uh, I guess, it says 2022, so I think back in April. So, so I guess this motherfucker just wanted to do it one more time, go to the top of the list. He already won the fucking gold medal. It's three-time NCAA champion. Like, my God. Well, I don't know what the fuck he's going to do in pro wrestling, but when it comes to collegiate wrestling, especially for Minnesota, I think that he uh, did a damn good job. Uh, oh, Lord. Why? I mean, I guess he just didn't want to get punched in the face. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I would, if I was had his de- like degree in being a complete ass whipper in amateur wrestling, I probably would have went the UFC route. 
Apparently, he's just a huge fan. Like, he's always wanted to do pro wrestling after he was done with this. Like, he just loves... Because I know for a fan, Dana was trying to scout him to come to UFC. Um, yeah. And who knows? Because he just... He could try to do, like, what... Box. He could do what Brock did, you know, come in. If he takes really well into WWE, have a couple of years there, then leave, try UFC out, you know? It's all... We'll, we'll see... We'll see what he can do as a pro wrestler. We know that the potential for people like a Dolph Ziggler, obviously a Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, uh, going back to a Dr. Death, uh, Steve Williams, and so many other. When you have a collegiate background, it usually helps your professional wrestling. But it's not always that way, you know. He could be like a duck out of water. So just still, I guess he won. He had one more year of school left, Chris, and he decided I'm going to do all my records again. And, I mean, that's, uh, that's awesome, though, that he decided he wanted to finish up school and help out his team and university to win another championship. And he's probably going to graduate with a degree. And like, yeah. that's cool. You know, NWWE still paying him, I guess. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say the same thing. And he's getting that money. <laughs> uh, there could be some, you know. I wonder if he's actually getting paid being an amateur, like a student athlete or an Olympian athlete, because they're not supposed to get paid. And if he has a contract with WWE, I wonder if he's actually getting money for that, because that becomes like a whole nother. I guess no one looks at amateur wrestling that hard, but if this was a football player, that would be a huge fucking deal. Like if Vince signed like uh, the running back for from. UGA, University of Georgia, or whatever. If he signed him to a wrestling deal, technically his student status, test amateur status, would be in question, and that would become like a huge fucking ordeal. I mean, it makes sense, absolutely. Ugh. Which is why Kurt Angle like went through the entire Olympics, even though he loved wrestling and wanted to be a professional wrestler, and people had known about him even before leading into that. He didn't take a job because if you want to go back to the Olympics, you have to be an amateur uh, athlete or whatever in quotations. But they're probably more lenient on that shit now. But back in the day, that was a huge deal. If you're getting paid as a student, you can't necessarily um, participate in college athletics, if I remember correctly, or Olympian athletics. No, that makes sense. Um, I will say that if he wanted to finish this year and he didn't have anything besides that, what, that little tussle where he got out of, he got it in a pushing thing with someone. I forgot who the fuck it was, but it's almost been a year, Chris, since Stephanie was like, you know, Monday Night Raw, Gable Stevenson during the draft, and we're about to be at a new draft, so maybe they, they could have just waited maybe a year to even announce him to be a part of anything, but who knows? I'm assuming that now since he's done with that, we're going to see him pop up somewhere relatively soon. He's another guy. And I haven't even, I, I've seen what I've seen is his, his promos for just building up a, a, a collegiate wrestling match and just having this energy about him. That's obviously influenced by pro wrestling. The same thing that UFC fighters do. And then the crazy shit that he does in the fucking ring is nuts. And then always doing that backflip so easily right afterwards. So he's he's got everything going for him, but you know, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean what they also signed his brother and then immediately changed his name, so I'm assuming uh, that he's tied into whatever that contract deal was as well. 
I mean, he's going to be in WWE regardless at some point. Um, hopefully, it's just better when he gets there. There'll be something for him to do. And put no him shit. against good opponents. Don't give him, like, fucking squash matches. Like, put him against, like, Ziggler and Bobby Roode and Sami Zayn and yeah, Nakamura. Like, put him against people that he can have good matches with starting out. I think that'll help him a lot. And learn from, you know individually yep. i hate to gatekeeper Dolph ziggler but because of his amazing collegiate background i mean he's got all the records at penn state and wrestling maybe put him against uh Dolph ziggler to start off with because we'll probably learn a lot from him but that also means that Dolph will lose once again to a younger guy like he's probably going to with austin theory but you know shit happens yeah, still a smart yeah. idea It'd be an amazing match because they could start it out with catch wrestling and then move into the WWE style, which would be fucking it's Dolph Ziggler. It'll be a pretty good match. Well, I'm surprised he's apparently not on this uh, uh, against. Um, oh, that's because Theory's going against. Okay, that's right. All right, let, let's let's get past it because we, <laughs> we talk Theory's feuding with the world. <laughs> that's yeah, no shit. <laughs> no one's taking me seriously. Someone just nails him in the head with a fucking yeah. I know he's he's <laughs> he's against Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Those are people that I just listed that you do not want to be you know, coming off. after. You. Like <laughs> yeah. Jesus, not a smart kid. I love him. ATL. Um, okay, let's. So we talked about the Mysterios and Judgment Day. I, I don't think Mysterios are going to win, Chris. I think Judgment Day is going to win. And this is no DQ. I just read that. So that's an interesting factor. Maybe Edge shows up. We already talked about that. Who do you think is going to win between the Mysterios and the Judgment Day? Mysterios are going to win because Edge shows up. That's my prediction for that. That could work. If not, if they just win, though, and I mean, I, the, Finn Balor and Damien are geeks. You know, especially with Rhea Ripley there to help them. <laughs> if they just fucking lose the Mysterios. And I love Dominic and fucking especially Ray, but give me a break. And this is over. This is done. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they'll win, but it's not going to be because the Mysterios win. It's going to be because Ed shows up and spears everybody, including Rhea Ripley. Three spears. Three spears. All right. Well, uh, or if she starts attacking Edge, then... You know, maybe his lady will come running to beat the shit out of her. Um, It'd be amazing if Ray hits <laughs> hits Rhea with a six one nine. I hope that happens in this match. That would be uh, that would be awesome. All right, uh, next match we got Logan Paul versus The Miz. Is there any way that Logan Paul can look more fluid in this match than The Miz can? <laughs> that's a dick question <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> Miz ain't that bad bud <laughs> I know oh, God. this match uh, is gonna this match is gonna be terrible unless they put a bunch of extracurricular around it I'm assuming Logan Paul's gonna win here but yeah I, I don't know how many times do you think you'll hear tiny balls by whoever the fuck's coming commentating I guess uh, Corey Graves will probably say it 30 I really, times? I really want one of those old school Miz shirts that says, hi, my name is, and then just says massive balls on the front of it. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, uh, at this time, you, you, you should bring that back, actually. They're accusing uh, you of having teeny balls. 
I like Miz got himself over by people calling his ball small, and now he's a baby face. This is the world we live in, Dan. <laughs> so uh, Logan Paul's going to just kick the shit out of him. What's going to be his finisher? Probably a stunner, because I'm assuming they're going to set up him and Kevin Owens, since Kevin Owens hit him with a stunner. Hmm. He also could take the, uh, the easier way out and give him the uh, the same, or whatever uh, Miz's move is. Um, the stroke? I don't know what he calls it, but it's 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 Jeff Jarrett's finisher. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so Logan Paul, or who, who do you have winning, Miz? I have Logan Paul winning this one. And, and like I said, I think it's setting up for him and Kevin Owens, unless they throw Kevin Owens into the uh, match against Seth. Makes sense. All right, we have uh, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. You know, I am just dying to see this match um, out of curiosity. Uh, Chris, because who the hell were they going against last night? It was Natalia and someone else that was relatively new. Probably Aaliyah, since she's on every show for some reason. No, it wasn't Aaliyah. It was someone that has a little bit more. Uh, basically, it looked it looked like two people that kind of like you know were confused, and two people that were actually professional <laughs> wrestlers. Um, and they did coexist, but I don't know, man. I mean, like, if you I, ask I, me, I know I know a lot of the Liv fans are gonna be mad. They've at least made Ronda seem to be more aggressive, and she's shutting the fuck up. Put the belt back on her, and and like I said, make her the female Brock Lesnar, because this shit's not going to do it. If she loses to Liv Morgan, what fucking credibility does she have? Oh, it's a good time for Charlotte to return and screw over Ronda. There you go. All right, let's get the real blonde out here in this or fight. Ba- or, or Bailey or somebody to fuck this matchup, because fans are going to be pissed if they take the belts off Liv as soon as she just won it. I mean, she won the fucking thing like four weeks ago. You don't oh, want to piss off your audience. They, they've done that to better wrestlers than fucking Liv Morgan. Yeah, she's kind of got the Daniel Bryan thing going, though, so I don't think they're going to fuck with it. I, I'm assuming this match will end in some kind of fuckery where she wins. You know, at least she doesn't have this thing where she'll win the fucking the belt and then the uh, next Monday Night Raw lose it immediately. Um, well, we don't know that. If Bailey shows up, she could just beat her on Monday night. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far. No, I'm, 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 uh, I'm saying the boss. Maybe the boss comes out. Who knows? Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, this seems like a perfect spot to return, or either bring someone back, or you know, do build up a match that's a non-title match between those two, and, and keep the belt on Liv, and you could have her work Asuka or whatever. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, Bobby Lashley, the United States champion, going against Theory. Man, I don't think Theory's going to have a good night. I don't think he's going to attempt to cash in. I think something's going to fuck him up from being able to do it in this main event. And I think he's actually going to lose this match against Bobby Lashley. I don't know why, but I just feel they're putting him down at the bottom of the barrel for him to climb. And, and out of nowhere, when no one sees him, he strikes. Because how good is it going to be, just like last time, if he loses to Bobby Lashley 
I don't feel confident at all he's going to fucking cash in correctly. I feel like he'll get just get fucked over by Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with Bobby. Ooh, I'm going with Bobby as well, but I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that makes it perfect for him to cash in. He lost earlier in the night. People aren't thinking about it. Then boom, cash in, he wins the title. It's very Seth Rollins of him if he does that. Well, we'll see. I, dude... I mean, I'll love it. I'll be very happy, especially for Atlanta, if we have fucking Austin Theory. That's another thing. People's names that are one. Can we get back to the fucking normal thing? Like, you know, let's get rid of Dewdrop and and uh, Madcap. Of fucking stupid shit. But yes, Austin Theory as champ. That happens. Really excited. Uh, but I don't know. So. Yeah, also, I want to take this time to shit on Brian Alvarez. Austin Theory is ready for whatever you throw at him. Alvarez was talking about how he, he, he can't see him cashing in. He doesn't know what Theory is currently doing and that he doesn't see him as a great wrestler. You're fucking wrong, Alvarez. I love you, but you're fucking wrong on this one. I think that kid, you put the title on him, give Roman something to do for a while. He could have like a Miz-type heel run. It'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be as tragic as you were making out on your podcast. And uh, if you don't believe me, you can get my my balls off your chin, bud. Damn. Damn. That's a, that's a, hey, I agree with you, man, because I don't see much of a difference between him. And hopefully he has better habits. But like him and Randy Orton, when Randy Orton won the title and, you know, didn't have a hell of a lot of fucking uh, experience, was the youngest which is the, what what he's trying to do is basically beat uh, Randy Orton's record, if you will, of being the youngest champion. So, I mean, just fucking give him the ball and tell him to go. Just keep on going. Wouldn't it be fucking incredible if Vince is just his manager and shows up with a tennis racket? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, that who's your daddy chant? That was interesting. That Roman got started on him. Oh, yeah. Your daddy's not here. Oh, that, that was Triple H, sorry. How many kids does he have? He's got Austin Theory, he's got <laughs> Stephanie, he's got Triple H. I Horn feel like swoggle. I'm forgetting... Hornswoggle. <laughs> I feel like I'm forgetting one. I don't remember who, though. He dances, and he does, like, weird jabs with his punches. I don't know. Oh, oh Shane. Everyone forgot about him. Oh, Shane! Damn it! I Fuck, man. Cool Nikes. Anyways, let's keep on going. Uh... Pat McAfee. Well, happy well hold on. Before we move along, do you think that like Shane and, and the Young Bucks shop for Nikes together? <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope Shane comes to AEW as the best friend of the Young Bucks. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> that would be amazing. He'd be perfect hanging out with them. Like Adam Cole would be like, I don't know why you're hanging out with that dude. Dude, what are you talking about? Shane's awesome. And his dad's look, famous. Look. Look at those. They go down to his Jordans and then they just move along with the rest of the show. Be awesome. Call me if you guys want me to set that up. Anyways, uh, Pat McAfee, Happy Corbin. This could potentially be, I mean, one of the better matches of the night. I think Bianca and Becky's going to have a great match. I'm hoping, but I've said that before with Roman and Brock Lesnar. But, you know. I hate Happy Corbin. Uh, Baron Corbin, pretty damn good in the ring. He's been a good heel. Uh, the whole thing last night where he bought a ticket just to stay behind, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Pat McAfee and Q 
keep on yelling at him while he was trying to talk or throw popcorn at him. Kind of reminded me of a, a little bit of Scott Hall, some type of dick heelish shit that he would do uh, back in WCW or something like that. So I like that. I think him and Pat have sold this really well. I liked on Raw where he attacked Pat and Pat ran out in the back. Uh, or it was on the last week's SmackDown, actually, and they had that huge brawl. So I hope this is good, and I hope it shows another feather in the cap that Pat McAfee is uh, he's pretty perfect. He's not Mr. Perfect, but it's pretty awesome. So this one has heavy implications of Triple H and, and as far as what he wants to do going forward, because uh, with, Vin, with Vince being there, I would assume that Pat's just going to win this match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Triple H booked Baron Corbin very heavily when he was in NXT and he had a very successful run there. Uh, if we start getting that level of what Baron Corbin, the lone wolf was when he first came in, um, I could see Baron Corbin just fucking destroying this poor cat. Just depends on what they want to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Corbin wins this match. I'm just going to go that route. Well, the, the other way of looking at that from what you're saying Pat McAfee got his opportunities to wrestle because Triple H, you know, they obviously gained a relationship before he came to Raw. With the fact that people love Pat, if he wants to wrestle more and Vince was the one making him, if you will, more behind the, uh, you know, behind the desk, do you think Hunter will be like, no, man, we can fucking have you on the next card. It doesn't have to be like every big event. Like, do you see there's more potential for Pat McAfee, the wrestler, in Hunter's uh, WWE. Well, if Corbin wins, that just sets up the next match, right? So I think it works out either way. Well, I'm just saying in general, not not necessarily with tonight or anything like that, with this match. Just do you um, think that Pat will have more wrestling now that Hunter's in charge? I don't know. I think, I mean, I think it is smart to keep him on commentary because, like, a lot of people really love his commentary. So... Yeah. I, I don't think it's a the worst idea to have him build off of like angles from the commentary booth, similar to like you were saying, Mister Perfect or Macho Man Randy Savage. Like, I actually think that's a decent way to one keep him special and not expose any kind of wrestling flaws. And and two, when the match happens, it's a bigger deal. And uh, also, like you know, that guy's got better shit to do than take like a bunch of bumps every week, probably. I just still want to be a fly on the wall when Rip Rogers was training him at his own gym. <laughs> when he <laughs> cut the ring in there. I just want to see, like, because Pat's a really cool dude. You listen to his podcast. He's a really cool dude. He's a he's a man's man type of guy. But Rip Rogers, from what I hear, could be a fucking asshole. So, just <laughs> yeah, I need to fun. apologize to need to apologize to Pat one more time. You pr- you proved me wrong. Prove me wrong, because I thought that was going to be fucking complete trash when they set up that NXT match, and uh, boy, was I wrong. I'm loving this, Pat. Pat, you're a great guy. Well, this is his fourth time. I like your idea, though. If you really want to get Baron over as a heel and back to not this stupid incarnation, have him win. I'm still going to go with Pat McAfee, because maybe they do think of him as like a big event type of guy, although he did get his ass kicked by Vince. Huh. Anyways, uh, wow, Pat's last or, or Vince's last match, he beat Pat McAfee. 
<laughs> oh, wow. Anyways. I mean, like, kind of. <laughs> My favorite moment of Vince is where he, like, Almost tripped on the ropes and then had to jump off the stairs. That's my gun. That's gonna be my Vince going out moment. <laughs> he just was about to jump into the volcano, uh, sacrificing himself. All right, Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, going against Becky Lynch. Hey, look, man, I love Bianca. She was acting so fucking obnoxious on Raw that I was with Becky when she just slapped the shit out of her, and I kind of want Becky to win. So, yeah. I want fucking Becky taking the title back from Bianca at SummerSlam a year after she fucked her over. I don't care. Uh, you know what? I'm down with that. It's fine. I like Bianca a lot. I think she's good in ring and stuff, but uh, Becky is the hottest draw that they have in general, I think, outside of Roman Reigns. So I have no problem with her having the title. I'm going to go with you on this one. Hopefully that sets up for a Bailey return, goddammit. Oh... Well, honestly, Bailey for either of them, you know, to start shit with. She's had a pass with Bianca, and she's had a pass with Becky. So yeah, I love Bailey to show up regardless. That'd be good. I'm not saying in the match in some fuckery. I'm just saying after it's done, finishes done. Just coming happy. out, waving yeah. high, like hi bitches, I'm back. She just comes out, for that. says, "Whoever wins the title." She just looks at him, and goes, "Ding dong, hello," and fucking leaves. Yep. Idiot. Love you, Bailey. Love (laughs) you, Please come back soon. All right, we got with Jeff Jarrett as a special guest referee, a guy that we'll talk about twice on this show. He's got a big night tonight as we record on Saturday and then tomorrow night on Sunday on the Ric Flair show. He's going to be the ref between the Usos, Street Profits. He's there to make sure both shoulders are to the mat, unlike all the tomfoolery that's been happening between the teams. I, these guys put on such great tag matches, but I've seen them so many fucking times. I don't care. I hope the Usos win. <laughs> I love the Profits, and I think that Jeff Jarrett might actually fuck someone over. I, I don't care. I don't care either. And, like, if I was going to bring someone in to be the special guest referee to make sure something was going to get done right, it would not be Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> It'd be Karen Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, she, exactly. she would do it. She would, yeah. Um, uh-huh. uh, I mean, like, I maybe Hebner bring in Hebner <laughs> if you want the count to be done right. Cause, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the the entire special guest referee lets you know that the match is going to end in some kind of fuckery. I don't know, man. Unless they brought in Ken Shamrock. Dude, that is actually a perfect choice, honestly. Because, like, he has no alliance with any of them. He doesn't work for the company. That's a perfect yeah. guest referee. He's He guest refed one of the best matches of all time. Like, that would have been he a good really one did. to bring in. He actually did a good job refing in that match, too. That's the funny part. He actually studied up on it. I remember Brett talking about it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But still, Jeff Jarrett, it's going to be fun. It's in Tennessee. It's not before he goes against Ric Flair. Yeah, he's going to fuck over. He got paid by the Usos. Paul Heyman's going to come out and give him some dollar bills. Fuck you, Street Profits. And then they'll probably get in an argument, and this will maybe lead to Montez and Angelo splitting. That's my assessment. I have no insider information, but what if like Paul brings him a, a guitar full of cash, and then he slams it over Paul's head? 
That would be cool too if he's actually a good guy and he doesn't. Now, nah, man, I want I want him to fuck over some people. Like, it's it's got it's got to make sense for the show tomorrow night. No, but it yeah. just makes me want Jeff Jarrett to be a wrestler again. Though <laughs> that's the that's the worst part. Is <laughs> I do want to see Jeff back in the ring, man. Oh, I want to see King, I want to see King of the fucking Mountain versus Roman Reigns. Why not? Give him like what you know? What the fuck are you doing really with Bobby Roode? And him hang out with Jeff. Jesus. And Dolph's is basically his like son, sort of. You know, and have him hang out. <laughs> you know, that's a good call on Bobby Roode. I wonder if Jeff's gonna try to get him a push. I hope so. Well, another person, I know Jeff loves him, but Triple H definitely likes Bobby, so hopefully he'll get the fuck out of the, uh, the shit house, you know. Or, or they'll call in James Storm to build the tag division they should have. Or he can he can be in charge of a, uh, a male modeling agency. That will be... That'd be cool. Oh, God. Ready for the main event? (laughs) I heard... So, they removed him because apparently he fucking had a massive disdain for that story angle. And pissed a lot of people off backstage. Yep, and guess where he was back Friday? Doing the same thing. So, I guess (laughs) he decided, you know what? I will be Max Dupree. The male modeling associate. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. I hope he, I hope he just starts cutting a promo, like just bitching out from this whole entire thing. That would be hilarious. But I hope so too, because I, I mean, he reminds me of Ken Anderson a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like his impact run. There's, there's way more they can do with him than have him be a modeling agent or whatever. I, I like I think it's funny that he was like, I'm not fucking doing that and just didn't do it. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, and if if they had like a kind of like very different, but like when uh Dustin was like, I'm not fucking being this character and like, you know, that shoot style, like he's like, you know, I'm Dustin Rhodes and he was dressed up as Seven Dust or whatever the fuck the stupid character was. Uh, like Seven he, the child the child kidnapper slash molester. Yeah, great character. Great job. Great job. Fucking uh, douchebag. Good job, bro. <laughs> Good job, bro. You're genius, bro. Um, no, if if they had it like he's doing this whole entire presentation and finally he's like, I've had it. That's it. And like, everything kind of like stops real quick. And then he just starts ripping off some of the stupid shit he's wearing and cuts like a really good L.A. night, almost Ric Flair inspired promo. He'll get himself over, and we can get out of this dog shit, I think. He's that good on the mic. Yeah, yeah also, stop calling him fucking L.A. Knight. <laughs> that, that'll help him. <laughs> yeah. Jesus fuck. L.A. Knight sounds like a porno. Like <laughs> It really does. It sounds... It's terrible. I mean, Eli Drake was a fine name. He didn't really have to fuck with it. it they just want to license it. That's, that's the whole thing. And Max Dupree sucks, too. So that definitely needs to go. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. All right, so the uh, last match, Roman Reigns, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion uh, with Paul Heyman against Brock Lesnar. I'm assuming, since he is undisputed, even though he has two different fucking belts, that this is for both of them, that this is still just for all titles. Um, I mean, I see Roman winning. I don't. I don't see Brock beating him. Maybe I'm fucking crazy. 
could Austin Theory insert himself in this? Yeah, like via Seth Rollins. I would actually, if, if he's going to do that, I would do it edge style. And t- both guys are down, the match is over. Instead of like trying to do it in the, you know, during the match itself. But I, I see, I, I love the idea of Austin Theory winning, but I really see that Roman just has a title after tonight. That's my prediction. I have Brock winning a very hard fault match and then getting beat by Austin Theory and Theory takes the title. It's going to be crazy. I love your idea. I just don't know if I have enough uh, hope in it, if you will. I've lost my hope. My hope. I mean, Theory is getting the belt. It's just win. Basically. I don't think I don't think he's going to fucking lose his money in the bank. Like, whenever he cashes the fucking thing in. So you might as well do it on one of your bigger shows. And against Roman and Brock, this is a good time to do it. I agree. All right. Well, uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about some uh, some dynamite. Do you want to do you want to go over Ring of Honor and then talk about Dynamite and Rampage or the opposite? Okay. I mean, we can go over Ring of Honor. God, I almost forgot it happened because there was so much wrestling in between then and since last time we talked. All right. So let's go over Death Before Dishonor. This happened last Sunday. And had probably one well, of the best matches of the year. Uh, I mean, I'd have to watch both. The, the way I feel about, I'll just put it this way. The way I feel about the work that FTR and the Briscoes have done for tag teams is the way I felt about Okada and Omega back what they were doing in their singles uh, you know, exchange. Um, the match is incredible. Like, there's a lot of good stuff on this. And we'll talk about it, but damn, I don't, Chris, <laughs> I thought the first match was better only because when you do two out of three falls, you kind of know that you're waiting for the third fall with this kind of rivalry. Um, we got a spike pile driver off the middle rope, though. And that ended it too. It wasn't a fucking false finish. It was done after that, which is Jax awesome. Spiked him on his fucking head with a file driver and pinned him. Uh, Briscoes were fucking great here. I love that you're also you're building in the feud between the Briscoes because you had Jay make the save on the first pin, like keeping guy all the ring. He get, he goes for that second pin. He is the Jay driller. He goes for the pin, and his brother's dicking around and flaunting to the audience. Mark is like not paying attention and that broke up the second pin. You, you the story they told in that match is like the Briscoes should have won the match, but Mark was being a dick and not paying attention. And then Jay beats him again in the third fall, but there was a ref bump. The fans counted to like 14. <laughs> yep. So, and then what happened afterwards when when FTR was, you know, uh Shaking their hands and shit like that. Mark was re- way more apprehensive and kind of pissed off and arrogant about it. So it's interesting for sure because I noticed the same things. Great it's, storytelling. It, it's it's the Briscoes are just so good of keeping like they love each other but they also hate each other. Storyline intact. Like you can use us for whatever. If you want us to just feud, we can. If you want us to be a tag team, we can. Um, 
Man, the Briscoes are the best thing that could have happened to FTR. Because, like, as soon as they had that first match with the Briscoes, they f- their stock fucking took took off after that. Like, oh, they're like, they're really good. And it's like, yeah, everyone's been telling you guys that for a while. But, um, yeah. Perfect uh, pairing, man. I mean, you have two tag teams that just remind you of old school tag teams, basically. And this is a very well put together old school style match. I liked. Well, actually, you know what? Let's go. Uh, let's let's get to this last. We kind of gushed about it, but like, let's go over the rest of the card. Um, do you want to even talk about the pre-show or can we just go to the main card? Uh, let's just go to the main card. There was some good stuff on the pre-show. Uh, the Cole Cabana match was pretty good, actually. Uh, that was probably my favorite thing on the pre-show. And, um, uh, Will Nightingale had a good match with Allison Kay. Uh, and then the weirdness, actually, we should talk about this. Does anyone know what the fuck happened with Tully Blanchard? Is this a case because we do know... Uh, when we get to the first match, championship match, Jonathan Gresham, uh, let's just say, had some issues with the booking. Uh, just didn't like how it was kind of made out of nowhere. There was no buildup. He was barely used besides a little bit on dark. And then I think like one main match, apparently from what multiple people said, um, he started cursing at Tony and was after this match went out, did his job, did whatever, came back. And basically demanded a release uh, from his contract. And apparently is even, which sucks, another fellow Georgia boy, from what he's saying, shutting down Terminus events and just taking a break from wrestling indefinitely for a while. Yeah, maybe so Triple, I, H, Triple H called and was like, I'm about to take over the company. Uh. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I, I, I love Jonathan Gresham. And, hey, man, if you felt that way, that's how it is. But at the same time, I I don't know. I, I don't disagree with them. I mean, they, you know, they brought the guy in. He had that match, the main event at the last pay-per-view. Then he had four matches, and he won all of them. And they tr- turned him heel and put him with Tully Blanchard and didn't talk to him for like a week and a half. And then he shows up and they're like, Oh, anyways, you're losing the Claudio tonight. And uh, also Tully's no longer your manager. So, well, like, and that's, if- that's the, some of the rumors of like, well, where did Tully go? There's rumors that Tully got pissed off about this whole entire thing and was like sticking up for fucking Gresham. And uh, I don't know, uh, apparently told Tony that he had it, if you will. So they got Prince Nana to now be in charge. Well, how do you feel if you're Brian cage? You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, God damn it. (laughs) I thought we were doing something over here. He's like, I'm the third biggest guy in my group now with these two guys. And Tully's not even a fucking manager. (laughs) Fuck you, Prince Nana. Oh man. Um, there is a there is a side of me that thinks this is just all bullshit, and then it's gonna be like Gresham, Tully, and MJF showing up in the near future. Hey, that would be fucking awesome. And I mean, but also kind of referencing the opposite. If this is, you know, real, maybe Tully's basing also some of this off of the handling of MJF. You know, but or like you're saying. Yeah, that would be really fucking cool. As if, you know, when they come back, it's those two and Tully Blanchard, 
you know, giving us a real Tully Blanchard NWA style promo about how much he hates Tony Khan. So the, the basically the anti AEW, basically an NWO type deal. Just being the anti-establishment, I think that would work. I don't. It doesn't seem like that's the case. At least with Gresham, it doesn't seem like that's the case because there's multiple reports of him fucking running Tony Khan down pretty hard. <laughs> like, uh, cussing him the fuck out, apparently. Yeah. I don't want Jonathan Gresham to ever be mad at me. That seems scary. Hell no, man. <laughs> that's a that's a easy. He's not. He's I know he's like my height, but he's a big old boy. Otherwise, I don't necessarily need him to be mad at me. <laughs> Dude, he's like D Malenko with more cut. Like Jesus Christ. It was it was it was crazy when the rumors came out though, because like uh I was telling Karen, I was like, Oh, you're really gonna dig this because she likes like uh Leviathans and kind of that uh who's the artist's name? Um hmm? Gregor, right? The guy that does all like the shell shaded dark art with like leviathans and weird sea creatures i was i was i was telling her i was uh i was like oh you're gonna love this entrance and he came out and he didn't even have the fucking headpiece on for the title match and i was like what the hell's going on here and then it comes out later that he was just fucking pissed off so apparently he didn't he didn't even put on his like ring entrance gear he just went out and did the job yeah and apparently also reported uh because of course people were asking uh, from what people heard of the argument, had nothing to do with Claudio or anything related to him or having to drop it to him. It was just the whole entire buildup and not really having a lot going on. And for some reason, now they're first. You know, the, a lot of that, I guess, made him snap. And uh, maybe Tony's uh, lucky he didn't get too close to him because I'm pretty sure he could have stretched his ass uh, multiple ways. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. It's uh, I would I didn't think he was going to lose the title here. I honestly thought he was going to retain, and but I also thought Tully was going to be there, and they were going to do some kind of finish where Tully they would make Claudio still look strong, but Jonathan would win the match. Right? Uh, they didn't do that. I think that was my prediction of what was going to happen. Um, but yeah, fucking weird. Um, Tony Khan, you can't be best friends with everybody. So we'll we'll see how but, this stuff starts to play out. <laughs> but Tony, if you end up putting a bunch of people together like this and you're causing the stir with the media, you might actually be brilliant. It's it's depending. It's either you're brilliant or you're dumb. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean if it's just well, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe the J- Jonathan Gresham thing is he's just like a casualty of war, and they do bring back Tully and MJF because that's fine, right? Put Tully with MJF, have him come back. That gives you a way for oh, yeah, MJF but- to beat Wardlow without Wardlow looking weak. We 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 need more people though. Who's pissed off about Tony Khan? That we can have as this new Vincent. NWO faction. Uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> so this is the leader. So uh, Vince, He's what are you doing? Ladies. I just saw you on AW. I'll take that company back, you motherfucker. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it from the inside. <laughs> yeah, I don't Listen think Joy Janella and uh Joy Janella and fucking um What's what's the little guy? Micro stunt. 
Uh, Marco. Marco. Oh yeah, Marco. Yeah. Uh, but th- I don't think they're gonna join. But you can have a couple people. All of a sudden, like, yeah, fucking MJF and 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 Jonathan Gresham are demanding to come in there, and then Tully takes a dump in the bathroom, and it's like, oh my god, it smells like copper. The fuck is that old man poop? And then. If Fitz wants to go full carny wrestler, him showing up as fucking MJF's manager would be like the best. <laughs> the absolute best. He has a segment to let Swaggle know he wasn't really his kid, but MJF is. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I told you I was going to go to WWE, and then Vince comes out as his manager. <laughs> no, Does the <Vince>. struts. <laughs> Uh, fantasy booking it's fun try to oh yeah it's... <laughs> all right so i guess do we have anything else to really say about this match claudio won i mean i think the biggest thing is that it was awesome this is the first time that claudio has won a world heavyweight championship of any kind top of the promotion uh in his I, fucking career I thought it was awesome that Claudio won just because he's never been a heavyweight champion, like you were saying, throughout his entire career. Um, I thought this match was going to be a lot better, but knowing the other circumstances around it and the fact that Gresham was pissed, it kind of makes sense. It's not like Gresham went out there and like sandbagged every move or anything. It just His heart wasn't there, I guess. I think that it, given different circumstances and they were both just going to work a match, him and Gresham would have had like a way better match than this was. This was a good, it was still a good match, but I imagine this being like, I mean, outside of the, uh, I actually think I said this on our prediction show, outside of the Briscoes and FTR, I thought this was going to be match of the night. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, didn't turn out that way. Yep, and if there's any reality to it, I hope Gresham takes however long off he needs to, but I definitely want to see him. I would, honestly, take that character and go to New Japan. I mean, especially I like... To go back, I want him to go back to Impact. I want him and Josh Alexander to just be working each other every week. There you go. Or that, too. I mean, I, I also was trying to get him against Zack Sabre Jr. That's what I was... My booking mind was going <laughs> <laughs> you can still do that in Impact. They bring in New Japan guys. Yep, that's a good point. That's but fine. yeah, don't give up because Tony. Just don't. Keep your head. Yeah, up. you're an Atlanta I, I, guy. Damn it! Be amazing if he showed up as part of Honor No More, and he's like, "I was disgraced by that company," and just starts fucking running down AEW and Ring of Honor. That'd and be Impact. Be like a good for Scott Demore is like, yes, please come here. That's an easy story to tell. <laughs> hey, I know that you said that you weren't going to be doing anything anymore, but uh, here's a hockey stick with a Canadian flag tied on it. It's got a maple leaf on my asshole. <laughs> okay. Don't you dare talk about the Canadian flag that way. You sound hey, like Kevin. A- Kevin, why don't you go fuck yourself? Oh, you want to fight in the parking lot, bud? Darts off. (laughs) All right. um, Yeah, but Claudio has a belt. Jonathan's mad. Anyways, let's move on. I didn't even know this match was happening because I didn't know anything about the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Championships. But apparently this is a way Vincent, who's on impact, uh, to come over with his team, uh, Bateman and Dutch, 
They were the champions, and they were going against Dalton Castle and the boys, both Brandon and Brent Tate. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with this match. I want to say that I was thinking it, and, I, and I've heard a couple other people that reporting thought the same thing until Ian Riccoboni. By the way, of course, Caprice Coleman, Ian Riccoboni, amazing job in commentary. But they were talking about how much Dutch, which I kind of remembered him from Ring of Honor. You know, I know that he got involved in that one match between um, Vincent, like the one that was at the auditorium, the fucking when they were well, during the pandemic and shit. That was weird. And he's a big dude, but all in white. And two seconds into me thinking this, Ian Riccoboni goes, that guy reminds me of Big Baba Rogers. And I was like, holy shit. And uh, apparently Jim Cornette thought the same thing. And then. Two seconds later, he's doing the fucking side slam that the boss man did. So I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, that, that that was it. That was uh, pretty random. But it's a fun match. It was funny. Dalton, the boys won. Vincent, I think this is him just dropping the belts. Uh, I don't know about Bateman, but I really do like this Dutch dude. So I'd like to see what happens to him after this. I know that he's been involved with Vincent. Maybe he'll go to Impact. But uh, he's, a big, he's a good big guy because... Yeah, he does, like, boss man slams, but then he was doing fucking moonsaults and shit. So it's always good to have, like, someone that's agile and big and scary looking, you know? Yeah, he looked like a million bucks, and I immediately wanted a match between him and Keith Lee. I was like, let's, let's make that happen. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he like like you were saying, right after they made that commentary, it, well, I mean, uh, they probably knew it was going to happen, but he hit that boss man slam. It was incredible. I will say that out of everyone in this match, Vincent looked like a million dollars. When he hit that senton, I thought he was jumping out Amazing. of the arena. That thing was insane how high he got on that. And I'm not, and, and people have, uh, people listen to the podcast, uh, new fans go back and listen to our earlier podcast. I've talked about uh, Vincent in Impact not being that great. Uh, he was great here. He was really good. He did the majority of the work in this match, honestly. And uh, it's a good fucking match. Dalton Castle is also incredible as always. It's funny. They went to do the throne spot where he sits sits on the bullies. Um, it's such a weird character, and he's so good at it. It's fun that they're going to be trios champion. Hopefully, they show up at AW with their trios title, and they're like, "Hey, we're a trio, and we already have titles. Let us be part of your tournament." I think that'd be really fun. The boys were fine here. Um, they're they just do spots. They don't actually do any kind of. <sighs> I'm trying to think of the right way to say this without insulting them. They're not doing anything in the match really to carry the story along. No, I mean that they're 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 being launched as weapons from Dalton, throwing them to the outside <laughs> and having them come back in and do that spot a bunch. That was. Yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, extensions of him, basically. Yeah, they, they they don't have to have in ring psychology. That just means like Castle's gonna have to sell forever <laughs> with that trios, but it works, and it, it it plays into the character and and them as characters as well. It's it's fun. I like Dalton Castle in the boys. I think it's fine. Um, Vincent was was great in this match that's that's what i had in my notes i was like holy shit i wish vincent always wrestled like this because on impact he's not as good as he was here well maybe he needs this group instead of being a part of that uh um ring of honor no more or whatever the fuck don castle's great though 
Like, could you imagine if Adrian Street had two small, slender gentlemen that he could use as weapons to hurl at his opponents? Like, what the fuck? His well, I mind. mean, I think it's the weird thing about Dalton Castle is I always assumed that WWE would eventually get in on that guy. Me too. Because um, he has size, can wrestle, can do like kind of a crazy androgynous, weird almost gorgeous George type gimmick and get it over. It's basically what they were doing with Velveteen dream, except he's yep. better in the ring. Um, yep. So I just assumed that they would have pounced on this guy at some point and they never did. So I don't know. Dalton castle versus uh, whoever I'm down for it. It'll be fun. I agree. He's got the grace of Freddie Mercury and an actual collegiate background in, in uh, college and high school for wrestling. Anyways, all right, so let's keep on going. This was uh, one of my favorite matches, actually. Uh, we had the uh, Pure Wrestling Rules match, uh, Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Wheeler Yuta, uh, William Regal was joining Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman on commentary, going against Daniel Garcia. The buildup for these matches that a lot of people probably didn't see because it was like, you know, late night programming on TNT after the show or on YouTube or Twitter you know, really help these guys out. It was the first time I've been able to see them get out of their shell and give a little character. And I liked it. I liked how Daniel basically was saying that, you know, oh, great, you know, Brian Danielson, one of my favorite wrestlers, thinks I'm good and names me in a promo. Like Chris Jericho, and he legitimately did, you know, gave money towards a charity when I didn't think I was going to be able to walk again. He's actually, you know putting him over for that. And like, there's a lot of emotion because the two of them used to be friends uh, and they came up together. So there was a lot of aggression in this and it, it carried on actually to the press conference. One of the cooler things they did was while Wheeler Yuta was talking about his win with Tony, uh, you know, still sore about it. Daniel Garcia started coming in there like behind the press and started cussing him out and yelling at him going back and forth, really sold it and made it, work and this match in between that really proved it i thought that the guys just they beat the shit out of each other um they sold the match they had great in-ring grappling uh the whole story that william regal was saying that he told well basically if wheeler Yuta used one of his his uh rope breaks that it would not be uh an official win uh in the eyes of william regal and putting over garcia for doing some fucking, you know, ruthless stuff within it. Also talking about the color maroon and how Garcia was doing that kind of to pay homage, but also kind of say a fuck you to Regal who wore that. And coincidentally in between them, Brian Danielson, that was a, so just a lot of story. Like William Regal was great to put in the first match and in this with uh, Caprice Coleman and Ian Riccoboni. It just was able to tell more of a story, but like, Straight up kind of rooting at certain uh, places for uh, for Daniel Garcia and because that's what he would do or doing certain heelish things like it's just it, it brings a level of uh, credibility to it. And I thought these guys, like I said, beat the crap out of each other. Willow Yuta ended up winning and retaining um, wouldn't get the uh, the, you know, the hand uh, shake afterwards because Garcia was pissed. But uh I thought this feud and uh, this match did a lot for both of these guys. I just hope that everyone saw it. 
this match was great and it was really helped on commentary by William Regal putting over both guys and why he liked both guys and uh, specifically the spot where um, God, now I can't think of his name. Uh, Daniel Garcia hit the, that was the Regal stretch or whatever. It's kind of like a, a weird modified LaBelle lock. And then that got turned into the walls of Jericho. So you get the mentors of both of them thrown into this story. I thought that was really, really fun. Um, yeah, really, really good match. Once again, I think it would have helped if on TV they explained what the hell this match is a little better because it is kind of a weird rules. Yeah, sometimes instead of like some random dumb promo, uh, why couldn't you put that two-minute segment that built up this fight on the fucking thing, you know, to build up this fight? On your main product, I don't know. I'm just the up. segment was the segment was great, but it also made Willier Uta look like a fucking dick. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I was I was hoping you never return <laughs> after the car accident." You're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, man, he was he was ruthless. Like I said, there was that one time where he was just straight looking down into the camera with his eyebrows, just something about it. Looked very steamboat-esque. He looked like he was in the zone. So I appreciate Willie Yuta and uh, and Daniel Garcia. These guys are awesome. Yeah. Do you have this as your second favorite match of the night? Because I think I I think yep. I, this is probably my second favorite match of the night. Either this or the next match because I thought the ladies had a fucking awesome match. But yeah. Oh. Uh. Bruce and Dragon Lee had a good match too, but yeah, I think the pure championship match was my second favorite after the tag. Um, let's uh, let's move to that next one I was just talking about. We had Rush with Jose the Assistant going against Dragon Lee, and I love how the whole thing starts off with Rush and Dragon Lee are brothers. They're gonna like, you know, it even kind of flabbergasts Ian Riccoboni that Rush didn't just like rush him basically and try to like, you know, take him down stuff like that. They were actually having competitive wrestling and he wasn't trying to take any cheap shots. That didn't happen forever though. And, uh, once it started going in that direction, I think Roosh said, fuck it. He is so fluid in the ring. His brother, Dragon Lee is so fluid in the ring. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I actually kind of hope that Dragon Lee maybe joins him in Andrade. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was, a, it was an awesome match. Uh, they beat the shit out of each other. I actually thought that, uh, Roosh almost killed Dragon Lee at certain points, but you know, they just get up because that's what they do in fucking Mexico. Chris, <laughs> Jesus Christ. When he heated him off the apron, I thought Dragon Lee died. Oh, <laughs> um, it was a good match. It was, uh. I think Dragon Lee is a better wrestler than Roosh, but Roosh looked great here. And I like they played off he, him pretending to have a concussion and Dragon Lee being like, oh, no, my brother, to get fucked out of the win, basically. Um, and I thought it was cool that they gave Roosh a win because their next match was Roosh versus Moxley on Dynamite. So it made a lot of sense. It was a fun match. Uh, Dragon Lee doesn't do a good job selling. 
I will say that. I don't know if you noticed that, but like. No, he he's his speed, agility, all that stuff is great. But yeah, I agree with you. His selling, um, very modern lucha libre, basically. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, for a guy that got yeeted, like that had to have hurt. <laughs> Without you having to sell it, he just no sold the shit out of it. Kind of. I mean, not like Undertaker. He didn't just sit right the fuck up. But I don't know if I got. You kind of Leo rushed it. Get it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun right. match. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I enjoyed the match too. Um, all right, so the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, Mercedes Martinez, Serena Deeb. Another thing that really benefited from the package that they had that they should have aired on their television product because it really showed history with these women trying to work back in the mid-2000s to get a women's division in Ring of Honor and competing back then. Um, I didn't. I never saw them that young. I mean, the most of the far back with Serena Deeb goes into the uh, Stratage Society. Like I don't know her previous really before that. And Mercedes kind of relatively new. I know she's been in the industry for a while, but I didn't know all that. You know, like her competing back then. It's just nice to see stuff like that. It adds a little bit of a you know oomph to the whole entire thing, the presentation. But these ladies. Had an awesome match. I think I was the one who said that Deeb was going to win it. And I think that you said that it was going to stay on Mercedes. And guess what? You're fucking right. So good job. Good job. But uh, there was, there was, there's this thing that happened in the match that I really appreciated. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, Chris. Where Deeb, Deeb and, and, and Mercedes are, are such seasoned veterans. Uh, one thing that I think is so annoying is the spot. Sasha Banks will do it. Well, they'll knock the person off the the uh, top ropes. They'll fall back into the turnbuckles, and they'll basically hold themselves in place so that she can do like a stomp onto it. They did something similar, but it took a while and a lot of going back and forth. We didn't know who was going for what. But eventually, Mercedes kind of ended up in that same uh, signature that same position. She fell over, and D like she wasn't just fucking holding herself up for whatever was going to happen. She kept on falling, and she would like kind of like lift herself up a little bit. And Deep took the time to tuck her legs in after she got off, so she was stuck. And then she went and like I think kicked her in the face and did something else and knocked her off of it. But just little things like that that I just love it when wrestlers take the time to really make things look legitimate. And uh, I had to remember and, and give praise to that. These women had an awesome match, and Mercedes is still the champion. And they had a big embrace, got a little emotional at the end. I, I know they've had a long pass, so might have broke character a bit, but, I mean, they kicked each other's ass. I'm happy that they uh, they were able to do that, you know? Yeah, I thought this match was fucking great. Uh, I agree with everything you said as far as like the way they handled that botched spot. And uh, Serena Deebs, she's solid gold. You put her, you can basically put her in there with anyone, and she's gonna have a good match. But uh, Mercedes Martinez is fucking great, man. I, I wanted her to stay as champ, and I'm looking forward to seeing who they pull over to that Ring of Honor roster once they start doing a bi-weekly, monthly, or weekly show, whatever they decide to do on some streaming service, I'm assuming. Um, 
I think that she's a great Ring of Honor women's champion. They can, you know, pull over Willow and hey, Session Moth was on their roster. Maybe they'll bring her in. There's a lot of fun people they can bring in and have some good matches with. So looking forward to the Ring of Honor women's division. Me too. Um, all right. Then we started the match for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Another package, once again, that really highlighted the feud building up. And I think, like, longtime Ring of Honor fans know about this a little bit more so than the other ones because it's Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal. Um, just Joe at one part taking him under his wing and then completely destroying him and causing him uh, not to win, I believe, at that time, the uh, World Television Championship. Maybe it was the championship. And just adding to this storyline of frustration and and holding, you know, aggression towards Joe for years throughout, you know, them performing and now coming back around on it. Uh, just good stuff. The match itself, it started off with a jump start before the bell could even ring. You know, Joe just charged fucking Jay Lethal. And it was cool. It was, it was, it was vicious. They were going back and forth. Joe, most of the time, was getting the better of him. And then he went to go look like he was going to put him through the table. And then, um, uh, what is that gentleman's name, Chris? Large, large gentleman. Satnam Singh uh, attacked Joe, uh, even the odds out. And then it was Jay Lethal just brutalizing him for a good portion of the actual match once the bell rung. I thought that Joe, you know, he doesn't perform as often as he does. And he's older, but he definitely seemed a bit winded uh, because they had like such an explosive beginning. But still, they had a lot of good spots. Uh, I mean, at one time, Jay Lethal went for the fucking muscle buster. Joe got out of that, but it was nice little like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to try to fucking do that? Like, pissed off Joe Uh, and just a lot of reversals into things, including the, you know, him going for the... uh, the the cutter the the back jump cutter and then getting caught in the choke and uh Jay Lethal had a pretty damn good uh like it was like 2.7 almost got it uh from some interference and uh a nice little uh whatchamacallit uh championship shot to the head of Samoa Joe but Samoa Joe ended up winning choked out Jay Lethal and he retained the Ring of Honor World Television Championship in a 12-minute match. Um, Interesting to see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I, I miss Joe. When's the last time we had Joe, Chris? Was the last time we had Joe? When he, you know, that when was the he last was, time. When he, was the, when he was the NXT champion. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and they fired him and stripped him of the title. Remember yeah. that? I, I remember that. Um, Joe was great here, like, And I I actually sent you that in the middle of the match while we were watching it about him getting winded. But I will say this about Joe. When he got winded, he didn't try to push through it and start fucking up a bunch of moves. He would grab a rest hold. Or he would take it down to the mat and do something. Because it's fucking Samoa Joe and he's great. Uh, The reversal off the muscle buster spot I thought was was awesome. Like the thought of Jay Lethal giving him a muscle buster. (laughs) I was like, I hope he does it. Because that... Is just gonna look ridiculous. Um, 
uh, Jay Lethal hitting the lethal injection and then going forward again and getting caught with the choke. I thought it was um, really good match. Not the best match I've seen between these two because I've seen a lot of fucking matches between Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe. Um, but really good for this pay-per-view. This entire pay-per-view, I don't think there was one match on it that was just like there or bad, if I'm being completely honest. I completely agree. I thought that this was, I mean, a lot of people have said this, and it's funny because you look at NXT, uh, the majority of the people that poured in NXT were when Ring of Honor was towards the end of the 2000s, 2010s, probably when Cornette was there. A lot of those guys, if they didn't go to the Impact, a lot of them came to NXT. But a lot of people were saying, Chris, I don't know how you feel, it was almost more reminding them of a takeover than an AEW pay-per-view. Yeah, I could see that because there was no gimmick matches in here. They didn't do a bunch of extracurricular bullshit they didn't need to do. They made you care about the actual wrestling inside of the ring, and they didn't throw a bunch of garbage matches in between it. There wasn't a ton of trios matches. There wasn't... I think it was three hours and it was done. Yeah, it was a good good pay-per-view. Hopefully, AEW will get back to that. I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass because they were having to book two pay-per-views that aren't directly related to their product recently with Forbidden Door uh, being like half New Japan, half them, and then Ring of, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view having to put over Ring of Honor on their show. So we'll see what the next AEW pay-per-view looks like. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, anyways, uh, let's move on. We kind of already talked about it. The main event, FTR, the Briscoes. Goddamn, I mean... I, I think that we said mostly what we had to say. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, certain moments in the match uh, that stuck out to me. But they did so fuck. It was like they did everything in their arsenal um, several times. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen as many attempts to get the uh, Doomsday device, whether it actually succeeded or got broken up. But, I mean, uh, I don't know, man. This this match was great. This This match was phenomenal. And... Actually, yeah, I do remember something. Oh, my God. I thought that Mark fucking just broke his neck going through that table. Because the way yeah, that the back, cash... The back, you're talking about the back body drop spot. Yeah, they, they, the so table. they did the they did basically the Mankind uh, Shawn Michaels body drop into the table behind them uh, from uh, whatever the hell the name of that pay-per-view was. One of my favorites. Um, but, uh, yeah, but they... I mean, Cash set it up. He just set it up a little bit too far. So instead, Cash basically got to break it along with Mark's head with his shoulder because they didn't have the, like their main body. So when they did that, I was like, God, I hope he didn't get concussion. But apparently they were good, but that looked fucking terrible. But he, like, that's the thing is like, the thing that, that's great about these two tag teams is that even if you have like a, quote unquote, I guess you would say botch because of the fact that it didn't get pulled off the way you wanted it. Looks so fucking violent and a lot of the other stuff that might have been a little bit sloppy at certain parts, it just looks like a fucking fight. Like it looks like these two guys against these two other guys are just beating the living shit out of each other. Like it's a bar fight. So everything. I, I, I just gotta stop talking about it. It was a great fucking match. Awesome. The only thing that sucks is kind of like I don't know if you were kind of insinuating this, but like the two out of three 
you know, they they relatively quickly beat FTR, you know, like that, even though there was such a struggle the time before that. You know, it's so to me, storyline wise, you just gotta kinda like, all right, whatever. But other than that, I mean, it was a fucking awesome match. It went back and forth. Such great precision of like knocking off the partners from the apron, both for either side or being there right at the last minute to like get a fucking a pin. All the psychology was there. Um, just brilliant. Brilliant fucking shit. Great fucking match. Two great tag teams. The uh, table spot, like you said, the back body drop was scary as shit. Um, there, the spike pile driver, like I talked about earlier, oh. was fucking incredible for a finish. I didn't think he was going to get the pin off that, but he should have, and he did, and that made it more awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one spot in the match where Dax and Jay look at each other and they just literally start throwing fucking hands. Like it's like a backyard barbecue fight, which is pretty good. That was during the third fall. These, these two teams, they just have magic chemistry. I mean, it is very much rock and roll express versus Bendai express. They, they have it and hopefully they continue to have it. And, uh, somewhere the young bucks were at home crying realizing that they're not as good as either of these tag teams man they like them better than us why because <laughs> they're fucking good bud really um, fucking good uh two match of the years candidates <laughs> and two pay-per-views it's fucking ridiculous and i don't know if there's been a change well there is a change of the guard over in warner uh, for everything, TBS, TNT, all those networks. Now Discovery just bought them out. So I don't know if cooler heads have prevailed, but apparently Dalton Castle, specifically FTR and Dalton Castle were talked about. They are signed to a long-term Ring of Honor contract. Now, obviously, we don't have a television series, uh, but even if this, you know, every couple of months pay-per-views until they do, and then having them on Rampage or Dynamite here and there. What I'm saying is, even Tony said that they, they haven't been on AEW television yet. So he said yet. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, but also they are signed to a long-term contract for Ring of Honor. So I don't think this is the end of the Briscoes. And hopefully hopefully the Young Bucks will, will get what's coming to them, man. Because, uh, you know, they decided to like just beat the shit out of them after they just had a long match. You know, it's, it should come back around with them boys. All I'm saying. I thought they were going to do that to FTR to set up some sort of. After this match, I was like, okay, the Bucks are going to come down, and you're going to do the same thing um, to set up like a, a three-way tag match or something. But they yeah, didn't. I, I feel like that three-way of tags, like you know, you get those every so often. You know, we kind of midnight rock and roll, and maybe the Legion of Doom or. Um, Edge and Christian, fucking Hardys, Dudley Boys, like they they could literally have that between those three tag teams. They have a lot of chemistry. I've seen them all in matches together. So it's kind if of they fun. had like if they had a fucking ladder match where all of those titles were dangling, you had to get there. all of them to win. Not you couldn't if you drop one, then you got to go get it. You got to fucking bring it back up, put it back uh, on the motherfucker. <laughs> That's some that's some impact ass rules right there. <laughs> yep. Scott Zamora will explain everything. Show what you guys. Um, 
no, great match. I love the promo afterwards. Dax was very emotional, and he was like, I don't care if you guys think I'm a fucking mark. I love wrestling. And I was like, I feel this. I feel you, Dax. I love wrestling as well. Yeah. And that's the thing is I can't believe how good of baby faces they are. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought that Cash and Dax would get a baby face reaction. But, man, I want to fight like an eight-year-old girl. That's all I got to say. It. I mean, it's they're fucking great. I don't know if they're in the same spot if the Briscoes don't exist. Briscoes have done a great job putting those guys over. Yeah, Briscoes did what the Bucks did and more for them. Um, I agree. They needed that match. That that kind of solidified them. Uh, but you know, they brought out a lot of good stuff with each other, and I hope to see more interactions from those tag teams. But yeah, that was uh that was the pay per view. Yeah, we can almost start solidifying our tag list for the end of year show now with the two matches they those guys have had. Yeah, I think that both of them have to be on there. Honestly, I don't know who the fuck's going to win. FTR versus uh, Briscoes, one and two, somewhere on there. It'll be fun. All right, all right. So um, we had a championship match to start off Dynamite on TBS, and it was Altaro Blanco Rush. We just talked about winning over his brother, Dragon Lee, going against the interim world championship uh, holder, John Moxley. And, God, dude, I thought Moxley was fucking stiff. This I've looked, seen... This looked nothing like the Dragon Lee match, and they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Roosh is tough as fuck, and I've seen him in a bunch of matches. He can go from having grace to, like, a... Not like a Kenny Omega, but, like... He can be very fluid and, and go back and forth. I've seen him do Lucha Libre, where it's really fast-paced. And I've seen him brawl, where they beat the living fuck out of each other. Him and Pentagon. Him and Moxley just beat the living shit out of each other. And it was a, there was no ounce, it seemed, of intimidation of like, all right, well, if I hit him too hard, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting John Moxley. He might punch me in the face. No, go for it, motherfucker. Punch me in the face. I'm going to throw you at these rails as hard as I can. Like Jesus Christ, dude! This match was uh, this match was fun. Uh, it was a it was a struggle. It was a fight. John Moxley won, but I thought that Roosh this was a good showing for him, Chris. I think felt like a fucking Stan Hansen match with the amount. Yeah. <laughs> no, just hit me harder and I'll hit you harder, kind of thing. It was a good match. God um, damn it, Moxley! You punched my eye out of my face. I think the only thing that you know takes away from it is i don't i don't think anyone thought roosh was going to win the title so the crowd was a little dead on it with the finish yeah. but the match itself was really good it was a really good fucking match and well yeah we know who's gonna win we know that roosh is he's not even on the fucking the standings weird moxley's Ugh. like on a, like a fucking another planet right now as far as wrestling goes with his promos and the matches he's been having it's kind of fucking ridiculous yeah, he can really go against pretty much anyone, you know? All right. Um, so then we had Jericho come out with his group of all the lovely people in the Jericho Appreciation Society, put over Anna Jay, uh, 
just topped himself up. And a lot of people I heard sell a monster and someone else said that this is probably what's going to be happening with uh, Jericho going for Moxley. Now, a lot of us thought or assumed that this was going to be something to get them to all out because CM Punk's not going to be okay. And he was at Comic-Con with a, you know, a boot and he was saying that he still feels a lot of like lack of like, you know, either pins and needles or less feeling down there, which is fucking scary. So didn't make it sound like he's going to be good anytime soon. Um, but no, they're, they're doing this match with, with, with Chris calling out John Moxley, uh, whatever the fucking wake on the lake or whatever the stupid names of these pay-per-views are these mini dumb ones so it's like in two weeks so i it's not all right. it's not great balls of fire <laughs> oh it's sorry. not great balls of fire okay well yeah touche um at least great balls of fire was an actual pay-per-view not just a dynamite where you want to give it a name for the hell of it um <laughs> Sorry. Just, just, uh, just, just saying. Anyways, yeah, but, um, cool. We're going to get Jericho and John Moxley. Moxley's going to murder him. And, uh, apparently, from what happened last night on Rampage, Willow Yuta might be able to smack him around at two before that. So, um, I don't know. I, I thought the Jericho promo was pretty well set up when they came out, um, doing kind of the sports entertaining thing. And then Jericho cut like a very old school heel promo talking about how he needed the title. He did fuck up a little bit being like, I want to be the first two time AEW champion. I was like, well, you can't cause it's kind of Moxley and you guys are wrestling yeah. over the interim <laughs> title and he's already won it twice Jericho, but you know, that's nitpicking. <laughs> Um, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, it was a good setup. And then Moxley came out on fuck after having a match came out on fucking fire. His promo might've been the best promo of the year so far. It was fucking great. Um, the way he ran down Jericho and uh, commented on sports entertainment and some of the, so just various things that he was able to comment. What do you call it? He called him like, a captain trademark or something like i don't know it was fucking great <laughs> uh yeah i think he did call him captain trademark <laughs> moxley was really good he's on another level right now like yeah. i said he like john moxley is out here wrestling by himself on a different planet apparently it really is all right uh we had a match that was pretty interesting the ftw uh championship match uh the champ ricky stocks was going to be going against Danhausen. And uh, I don't know, maybe his leg's still messed up. Maybe they're just going to do this from now on with him. But I thought he was going to show a little bit more of his in-ring ability um, or at least do some Danhausen things in the ring like I've seen him do in indie matches that were, or even on Ring of Honor that were longer than this. But uh, no, this is the, like, this is a this was a uh, wham bam thank you ma'am Ricky wins without even fucking breaking a sweat. Uh, says that this time he does have enough in him to go against someone else. And okay, I mean, Chris, I got what I wanted, but I I'm still annoyed. Is uh, <laughs> I, because you could have fucking prolonged this. You could have really actually added stuff to it instead. 
I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I would have had him beat down Danhausen. Hook comes out, gets in his face. You have that go forward. You have a you know another confrontation. Hook says he wants the FTW championship. Blah blah. blah. You literally he beats that Danhausen. Hook comes out. It was awesome. Beats fucking Ricky Starks. They're still cool afterwards. And then okay, now you're gonna fucking take Powerhouse Hobbs and just have him like level Ricky. Like, I like Ricky. I like him as a babyface. I think he's ready to be a babyface. People like him. But you did, within one segment, something that you could have broke down, <laughs> I feel like, in a couple weeks to keep a storyline going. But maybe I'm crazy. I guess everything happened the way I wanted it to, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could have yeah, drug it out. I mean, you had Ricky turning babyface and Hobbs turning heel, essentially, in the same fucking match. Or turning full heel, I should say. In the same match. Um, Dan Housen is going to be like kind of a manager, I guess. That's what they're going for. It'll be interesting to see what I'm assuming is going to be him, Hook, and Ricky Starks in this trios tournament as Team Taz. Um, and obviously Ricky and Powerhouse Hobbs are going to be feuding, I would I would think. So they so set up a lot of cool stuff. I mean, that, the storylines they set up could go the bunch you're talking about. I probably would have drug it out as well, um, personally, but I liked this. I mean, Dan Housen losing is fine, and, and Hook came out, and he whipped that ass. But Ricky and, Stark's going to be like, I wasn't fresh, and you can build up to that storyline, which will be fun. And I will say, Hooks with that belt actually look cooler than any of the previous champions with that belt. It just fits. And I also loved... Uh, Taz getting a little emotional talking about it next to Hook, who's just chewing his gum like no expression on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, if, if for you guys that haven't seen it, go check out that the after YouTube video of Hook and or, or Taz talking about Hook's championship victory it was pretty great. Yeah, pretty good stuff, man. Just should have probably um, put that on the show. You know. It would have been nice. Could have been something nifty for them to do. Since like the total angle here was six minutes, I think you could have shaved off two minutes to have this on the show. I think Team Taz is done. Um, They seem to be pretty much done as a unit, more so than the fucking Dark Order. And they just lost their their, their hottest member. So... Because she had a lot of talent, not because she. I'm saying she's overly attractive. Don't even try to put those fucking words on it, you people out there. Who are you Anyways. talking about? <laughs> huh? Anna Jay, she left. Oh, yeah. I forgot that she was ever part of Team Taz. No, no, she's part of the Dark Order. I was saying they're losing people worse than the Dark Order is. Um, that was a, it was a terrible joke. We should just move on, though. Uh, <laughs> All right. Tate Martin versus Anna Sammy Jay is a very attractive lady. Leave us alone. <laughs> she's she's beautiful. She's she's yeah, she's lovely. Um but yeah, so Guevara went against uh, Dante Martin. Really good match. I honestly don't remember a lot about this match. These guys are both awesome, don't get me wrong, but uh, I know that Sky Blue was there to keep Ty Conti away, and then Anna Jay came out, and then they beat the shit out of her. So poor Sky Blue. It's really rude. Um, and, uh, yeah. Then uh, Sammy Guevara won. 
So go to the fans. The fans gave zero shits about Sky Blue. I felt kind of bad for her when she <laughs> came out. Um, this is fine. Felt like a WCW Cruiserweight match. It was just a spot fest, which is which is okay with the rest of the show that they gave us. But that's kind of what it felt like to me. Yep, I agree with you. I think this is when Christian came out. Or, uh, or no, no, Jungle Boy came out. Uh, he was, uh, he was angry, man. I was actually, like, I know, I've heard this was his best promo, and it's like, well, what the fuck is that comparing it to? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he showed aggression. He talked shit about, uh, Christian. He brought up the fact that he just got out, and I had no idea about this, but, uh, got through a divorce and how his little pecker couldn't basically please his wife and he was he was angry so that's good i want to see some more depth within jungle boy i'm hoping that this whole entire thing with luchasaurus is a ruse and eventually luchasaurus is going to directly fuck over jungle boy because if not i have no idea what you just wanted him to get with christian real quick to get a color change on his fucking costume like so hopefully that's what's going on. Uh, Christian Cage also, obviously, didn't he like start talking, Chris, and, 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 and insulting him? Yeah, but he showed up wearing exactly what it was really fucking funny because like he was talking about how he's like uh, he lost all his money in this divorce and he basically buried Christian's. Uh, former relationship, I should say, and then made fun of fucking turtlenecks, and then Christian showed up on screen with a fucking turtleneck on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Uh, this is by far the best, as far as like interview stuff, I've seen Jungle Boy in. He got uh, he got the crowd chanting "You're a pussy" <laughs> to Christian, which is. It was pretty fucking funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the storyline is that luchasaurus well, we kind of talked about it after that episode because he like beat up christian but he didn't really beat up christian you know what i mean um kind of like and, and christian's someone that's been planning this a year away anyways and uh he kind of threw in that line of like i know your weakness uh in his promo so i'm assuming that's what you're gonna see is luchasaurus is gonna demolish jungle boy christian's gonna win that match and uh then Jungle Boy is going to have to go through Luchasaurus first before getting to Christian. That makes a lot of sense. And sometimes, you know, the simplest path is the best path. And I think they're on the right track with the storyline. I agree with you. Uh, I, I'm just hoping, like I said, I'm going to completely slap myself in the face if now they're just cool. And that was the whole point of that between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. So as long as they're not doing that, I think we'll be fine. But we just have to obviously wait and see. Alvarez like synops uh, did a synopsis of this promo of being like you're gonna talk about my dead dad I'm gonna talk about your dead relationship damn <laughs> and I howled <laughs> it's pretty good it's true uh, though <laughs> it's uh it's pretty obvious that both of these guys are okay <laughs> with with what's being said yeah yeah I w- I, w- I would assume so. All right, so the next thing, we, we had like a Disney fucking teen television show segment basically in the middle of this. 
what starts this off is that earlier in the night, JR, uh, Luchasaurus, and uh, Taz all had titles in front of them. And yes, you get a boat, and you get a boat. You know, the whole Oprah thing. You get a whale, you get a championship, and you get a championship. We have the trios tag titles. So we go backstage, and Brandel, Brandon uh, Cuttlefish is recording the Young Bucks. And he's like, hey, did you guys hear about the trios championships? And they're like, yeah. Oh, you know, Kenny's not here. And they're making, like, mumbles and shit. And then cool guy Hangman Page just bumps right into him. It's like, hey, man, how's it going? Hey, guys, I don't hate you so much anymore. Like, stuff like that, basically. But those dastardly Dark Order members come up behind Hangman Page and, like, meh, and, like, flick off the fucking Young Bucks. And then they start crying, and they tell Brandon to shut off the camera. So there you go. That was the that was the segment. I think what they're saying is Kenny's not going <laughs> to be back anytime soon. Who cares about the Dark Order? Eventually, we'll see the Bucks and Adam Page. Even though it does not make sense really storyline wise uh, in this whole entire thing, maybe even winning them. Who knows? So I thought that as well, but then through a couple of other podcasts I was listening to. Tony Khan, I guess, in the past had said they're not going to do trios title until Kenny's ready to go. So I'm assuming that he's going to be with the Bucks. If he's ready to come back, fuck yeah. Uh, so maybe that'll be sooner rather than later. I guess we'll know. I don't know. I don't know. Did they give us a date on when this tournament's starting? No idea. Yeah. I, uh, Brandon Cutler, he did have a really funny line of where he was like, but I can get better, <laughs> which made me... <laughs> Really oh yeah, hard. he was insinuating that he could actually be that third person. Uh, yeah, they were like, "You, you suck," and he was like, "But I can get better." <laughs> That's pretty funny. He's uh, he's pretty good as their like stooge. Um, I don't necessarily need to see him in a wrestling match, and but as far as him being the Young Bucks' stooge with the cold spray, etc., he's pretty funny. Uh, all right. Um, next we had a handicap match, which really makes Tony Nese look really good. Uh, him and Smart Mark Sterling going against Swerve Strickland, and uh, I, I mean, I know that he won. Um, Swerve did. I'm trying to think of like anything really um big that happened. Are they bringing in Brian Myers to do a tag match or something? Possibly. Is the idea that Zach or Matt Cardona will be ready for a trios tournament and they can have the major wrestling figures podcast, whatever the hell their faction name is as like a trio in this tournament. This kind of feels like a long. I mean, it seems like they're doing a long way to set that up is why I'm asking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think one of the funnier things is, Mark Sterling is not what I like what Stokely Hathaway is doing really has me intrigued as a manager uh, more so than most managers in AEW in the past just because he already built three badass female wrestlers and now it seems he's scouting like Lee Moriarty uh, Ethan Page like he's got his eye on different people Uh, the opposite of that is smart Mark Sterling who basically hit the, the funny thing that he's doing 
you know, as a uh, manager is when he gets accidentally tagged in, like having great facial expressions, like, oh, God, I got to get in the ring with this guy and just getting his ass kicked. So I don't know. What I'm trying to say is I have I have no clue. I don't, I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what they do with that, because on the indies or in GCW or other places, when Smart Mark works with Brian and uh, Matt Cardona, he is just a normal wrestler, kind of. I mean, he is kind of the geek of that tag team, but not to the point that he was here in this match. So curious if they're going to do some kind of storyline to have another trios team. I mean, they have a lot of trios in AEW in general, but... Um, Matt Cardona showing back up is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. So, you know, now that they said these titles are going to be here, how long until we get the uh, women's tag titles? Hopefully never, unless they flesh out their women's roster, because they don't have enough people to do it. That's not going to stop, Tony. We have have an all-Atlantic, unless you're in the Pacific, title, you know? Uh, I mean, well, go out and hire more females and then uh, actually put them on your TV show. I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I like that. All right. Next, we had a little promo where Malachi Black was all creepy and he was basically trying to cater the Redeemer, Miro, into joining House of Black. Um he said that the Redeemer could stop worshipping the throne and sit upon it instead. Uh, and then Brody King challenged Darby Allen to a coffin match. Uh, really liked all of this. I hope that Darby gets his win back now over... I mean, is that... that, that that's what I want. So, I know that Brody just beat him, but... It is a coffin match, and I think that Darby Allen, they said, is undefeated so far with them. So, hopefully it's crazier than the last one he did. But, um... Yeah, I don't think the Redeemer's going to join them, but I love that we're getting further in this whole Malachi Black uh, Miro angle. Yeah, I'm more excited about Miro versus uh, uh, Malachi than I am the rest of the story tied around it, because I feel like it's just going to lead to when Buddy Murphy comes back, setting up that tag match. Um, yeah, Darby should get his win back. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but I would hope that he would win the coffin match with the coffin drop. But I guess time will tell. Who did he go against? Probably about a year ago, where he went through the motherfucker while the person was inside the coffin. God, it was, was it Andrade? Was it? Was it, it was Andrade. It was. It seems like forever ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago, and then they kind of had Andrade off TV for a little bit. Darby's awesome. Yeah, he's fucking great. My nieces love him. They love him! (laughs) Uh, So if he could get more wins and make them less sad, that'd be great, Tony. I'm sure he'll get right on it. You know how sad it is? Sad it is to show up to watch a pay-per-view with my nieces knowing Darby Allen's just going to fucking get squashed, basically. <laughs> so much better than that. They're putting on they're putting on face paint and stuff so high for Darby. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> like, give well, the guy a win. <laughs> Shit. I heard uh, one of the rumors for the next pay-per-view is uh, him, and, him and Orange Cassidy. And apparently Orange Cassidy's going to beat him. Which they will be even more pissed about. 
because <laughs> they fucking hate Orange Cassidy. So <laughs> that's that was a joke, everyone. But, you know, uh, that does happen. I will cry. So I'm good at it. All right. Anyways. Well, I mean, that's better than what they were teasing, which is going to be Moxley versus Cassidy. So. All right. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even remember this next match. I'm just glad that Thunder Rosa won it. But uh, Thunder Rosa, her rematch to uh, uh, Yoshi Pro's Miyu Yamashita for the AEW World Championship match. I think this is a very back-and-forth match. Um, God, actually, I do remember Yamashita's roundhouse kicks. Her kicks in general, uh, very fucking stiff. You know what I was talking about with Rush? Or Roosh, I should say, earlier? (laughs) <laughs> All of her fucking kicks, every single one of them, look like, damn, you just kicked her in the face. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I just wrote this match was not very good. So I didn't see their first match, but I didn't. There wasn't outside of what you're talking about it just being kind of stiff. This was not Thunder Rosa's best work. So Tony, what I want to do is we're gonna bring one of the people. You're gonna have. Thunder Rosa go over there, and she's going to lose, and then we'll have a big match on Dynamite. I'm wondering if we're starting to see Thunder Rosa's, like, the crack and the character a little bit with her, because it seems like she can really only work with people that can work like Lucha. So, like, her and Britt Baker are good, because they can both roll and do those kind of spots, but when she gets in the ring with... um, who did she sandbag and quote when she has to have like a, a Japan or like more WWE style match, it seems like kind of the wheels fall off the car a little bit. Well, I mean the sandbag match was against Marina Shafir. Who's not that good. Um, so there is that too, you know, I don't know how much of this is on Thunder Rosa's fault. I think this is bad booking and a lot of other things outside of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone just mentioned that, like in passing, about if you if you think about Thunder Rosa's great matches, she's always against good, like good opponents. Um, they can work her style, but when she has to work a style that's not hers, it's not, it's not great. This match was not that good. Um, no, I, it shouldn't. It should never even happen. Honestly, <laughs> you guys have a relationship with. You know, uh, what? Uh, I forgot the name of the whole entire company the, is. The, the Yoshi Pro or whatever. They, yes, the wrong, Pro. the wrong female company in Japan. That's who you have a relationship. With. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I love Kenny, but hey, is is this mean that Kodobushi is going to be working with us anytime soon? Like, what's this whole entire? What is what is in it for? Besides the fact that uh, what, what's his name? Um, Takeshita. Uh. Takashita, I guess, or Takashita. Takashita. Yeah. Besides him, like, what is this gonna do for AEW? The relationship with DDT. I don't uh, know. When, when you have a relationship with New Japan, and that's like, you know what? Fuck getting sponsored by McDonald's. We're gonna go with Culver's because they're only in a couple fucking states in the South. <laughs> Yeah, but they have that ice cream that's made with, like, pig lard or whatever hey, the fuck. <laughs> hey, dude, don't get me wrong. Culver's is way better. It's dope. <laughs> Culver's will sponsor you. How about that? Um, doesn't it, doesn't it kind of seem like they're... Um, 
they're trying to start like almost a new Japan strong in Japan at some point, and that's why they're fleshing out the way they are. That could definitely be it, but, but hopefully it doesn't piss off uh, Bushi Road. <laughs> uh, I kind of like that whole thing. Seems a little yeah. important, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say though, uh, like as far as like female wrestling, fucking that last Stardom pay per view is really great, and Tam Nakano is a fucking beaut. That match she had was incredible. Definitely, I keep on hearing back to watch and seeing little things on Twitter from her and other people in Stardom, and they're fucking amazing. I mean, Stardom's put out so many Kana, who is Asuka, obviously, uh, uh, Io Shirai, uh, you know, Carrie Hojo, uh, who's Carrie Zane, um, you know, and then Tony Storm and fucking Mercedes Martinez, and like all these incredible female wrestlers. But yeah, I, I want to see them. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah. Company. I mean, uh, like, I don't want my I champion going to Japan and losing to have a half-ass <laughs> mass a couple weeks later on television. Fuck. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, if she went and lost to like uh, Siri or whatever and Stardom, then you'd be like, okay, that's fine. Maybe- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's somewhat like a decent name, but like, or she could have like just pulled like a Mike Tyson and been like, "So it's not my fault because I didn't have enough sleep over here." Like, see, when I come on over here, so you know, you can't you can't go down that route like with the Buster Douglas thing. So, um, um anyways, this match sucks. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. All right. Uh, sorry. All right, so we're going to get, apparently, next week, the Undisputed Elite is returning. So a lot of people are assuming, and there's going to be some talk from what they're going to talk about for the, uh, it says a trios championship tournament. So I guess it's going to be Adam Cole being like, peace, Bucks, I got these motherfuckers. And if that is true, if all of them are back on television, does that mean that everyone, Adam, literally Adam Cole, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, everyone's good to go. Because if that's the case, fucking awesome. Because we could use them. And yeah, of course Adam Cole's going to pick Red Dragon over the Young Bucks. It's going to be hilarious when that happens. What has the Young Bucks done for Adam Cole lately? Huh? Did they help against Orange Cassidy before he almost destroyed him? No, they didn't. They're in the back taking selfies with Brandon Cuttlefish, that douchebag. Anyways, what do you think? Uh, I think uh, Kenny Omega's coming back, and that's the storyline they've been setting up for for a long time. Man, if if in one segment we're like, yep, Bobby Fish is back, yep, Kyle O'Reilly's back, yep, Adam Cole's back, and also, hold on one second, Kenny Omega comes out. Does he get his girls like he did last time? With the sweet, the brooms? I hope so. Yep. <laughs> let's, hope so. Let's, let's bring back the sweeper, Kenny. Everyone wants it. All right, the last match, man. Did not see this happening. Main event, Garcia gets his first fucking win in the main event. Going against his idol, Brian Danielson. And this was very technical, but also another match where it was pretty fucking brutal. Lots of kicks, stiff kicks to the face, bleeding and such. Uh, Just, yeah. But basically what would happen is... um, Brian Danielson was about to do something and get his leg held down by 
this giant fucking Sasquatch arm underneath the goddamn ring. It was Jake Hager, and he tripped him up. And uh, yeah, Garcia took advantage of that. He gave him a spike pile driver, got a sharp shooter, uh, wrenched it with extra tort, and eventually the American Dragon um, passed out. And they had a call for the bell, so he passed out from pain. But yeah, that that evil Jake Hager with that giant arm, fucking over Danielson. But I mean, this was a good match. The storytelling was good. If you're gonna, ha- it's so weird having Brian Danielson come back finally, and he loses. But whatever. Uh, it's gonna raise Daniel Garcia's stock. There's a good reason for it. Like I said, you know, Mr. Hyde's arm coming out underneath the ring and fucking him over and yeah i i don't know that's uh that that's about it what'd you think about it chris it's the most daniel brian uh brian danielson ass way to come back <laughs> come back and put somebody else over <laughs> just real quick let me put uh, you over uh, yeah it was a good finish uh because the crowd didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. And I don't think the crowd expected it at all. So when it happened, there was like this huge, like boom in the crowd and you can see it through the TV. It's like, Oh man, they didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. I thought it was kind of a fun finish. Um, and this just sets up more matches with him and Daniel Garcia, I guess for now, I, I, you know, obviously they're with Moxley being champion until, either someone takes the belt from him or CM Punk comes back that Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, American dragon himself is going to be just kind of in the wings waiting for what his next thing is going to be. Unless they throw him in against Wardlow, which they're not going to want to do. It's a very good point. I got to admit there was kind of part of me just from like the whole storyline, even though knowing more of the seeds that they put into it at the press conference and Garcia coming up and, you know, screaming at Willie Yuta and talking shit to him and shit like that. And Tony trying to calm him down that whole angle they did post. Um, there's part of me that kind of wanted like Garcia to end up losing the Brian Danielson and then Chris Jericho and all of them come out. Uh, and Jericho, you know, basically now Sammy, he's got Sammy back. So, just kind of like gives him the thumbs down. They just beat the living shit out of him. And then they get saved because I remember right at the beginning, it was always Blackpool Combat Club. You know, we're looking for people like a Wheeler Yuda. We're looking for people like a Daniel Garcia. And then Garcia went into this group. So I kind of was hoping that would happen, but it didn't. But that's fine. The way they're going is fine. But I thought I would just mention that that popped in my head. Yeah, I think it works either way um, with that. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Daniel Garcia because after uh, he's like an okay promo. So, yeah. So I don't know what he's going to do once this group breaks up. I just want to say that out of all the guys, I know that this was a Chris Jericho call, but when, when you say sports entertainer, I know exactly what that means and. Uh, Daniel Garcia is not a sports entertainer. <laughs> he's like the opposite. No, he's, really he's more like a Dean wrestling. Malenko. Exactly. Yeah, he's more like a Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit type guy than a uh, 
sports entertainer. Um, who's the guy? I can't think of his name because they changed his name up. The guy with the longer hair that's part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. He gets a good amount of mic time. Um, uh, Big Daddy Mac Mac Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that guy is a sports entertainer. He's pretty good on the mic. Yep. I agree. Kinda, All of them kind of has a look to him. Sammy is has that type of aura to him. He's a great in-ring wrestler, but he's got a cockiness. Dale Garcia just he has about as much personality as um much personality as um now I'm just looking around my room for something. All right, never mind. A wet sock. <laughs> a wet sock. There you go. Um, what it's wet from, we'll never know. Uh, no. uh, Giggity. Oh, oh. <laughs> All joking aside, though, Daniel Garcia had a, I mean, he had a great match on that pay-per-view. And if, if you want to get behind him and give him a push, which seems like what they're doing, they need to do more vignettes like that, where they can clearly give him a direction in which the promo should go. I think that worked just because him and Willie Yuta had like such a history together. And also they played off the fact that, you know, he almost died in a car accident. Um, I don't know that you can recreate that magic, but if you're going to do stuff with him and give him a push, then you need to be very structured on almost WWE like with writers to give him something to go off of. Totally agree with you. Yep. And I think he'll get it. He's definitely, if he's trying to improve on the mic, he's honestly being mentored by the best, one of the best people to kind of help out with that. So, uh, all right, Rampage. We start off with the best friends and Orange Castigo and against Lethal, Dutt, and Sing. Um, so I was really like, I didn't think Sanjay Dutt was going to be involved because I thought that, you know, he's retired. He, I think he got some type of injury and they kind of used him to kind of counteract orange Cassidy's joke spots uh, a bit, even with orange Cassidy taking his pencil and breaking it in half. Son of a bitch. Uh, this match was fine. Honestly, I want a Jay lethal way the fuck away from all of this. So, and uh, I think they lost. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they lost, too, so that's good. Yeah, you were so nicer just, about this match than I was. I just wrote my notes, that sucked. So, <laughs> And then, you know who I also want to be involved with, Orange Cassidy? Uh, in his honor, Wardlow comes out and wants to take on, apparently, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal. Why is, he sticking up, why is he sticking <laughs> up for Orange Cassidy? Are we going to get a Wardlow Jay Lethal match? You could have probably put that together way less complicated. Uh, and please keep him away from fucking Orange Cassidy. For God's sakes. Cassidy's going to get a title shot against me. I don't think you have to worry too much about it. Um, Unless you don't want to see that, in which. I don't know. There's something about Moxley and Orange Cassidy that's strangely appealing to me. <laughs> I would rather him go against Moxley than. Um, which sounds weird, but I mean, uh, it's kind of true. Um, I don't know. That's uh, him against Satnam Singh. If we get to see a, a powerbomb symphony from Wardload against him, that would be pretty cool, though. Um, 
pretty I impressive. I think the fans will absolutely love that. Cause actually, actually impressive is... for a big guy, that running double crossbody that Saddam Singh did to – who was it? it was, oh, it was Chuck Taylor and, uh, and Trent Beretta. That was actually really, really good. Uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give props to Chuck Chucky e. T here a little bit. He looks like he's been in the gym trying to get in better shape, like he's lost some weight and he's getting more fit. So good for him because like that's he gets shit on a lot because of the way he has dad bod like me. Um, but yeah, he was he was this match. the The match itself sucked though. I mean, who care who cares this match? Basically, <laughs> it's yep. more of the with it. Well, next we had a squash match with Ethan Page taking on Leon Ruff. Uh, and he just beat the living fuck out of Leon Ruff. And noted uh, Stokely Hathaway was watching him on a mo- monitor, looked like he was scouting. Um, so, and then we would have, that kind of goes into the next match, so I'll just put it all together. Lee Moriarty, Matt Seidel, good match. Lee Moriarty is so good in the ring. You know, I watched a Sayama uh, Tiger Mask match recently. I know he's influenced, and I he does actually pick certain spots that he did uh, that he well I, he doesn't do anymore. But yeah, he did back in the day. But Lee Moriarty is such a great hybrid wrestler, and also Stokely Hathaway comes out. A little bit of distraction, but more more or less, Matt Seidel loses, um, and Stokely comes in and gives him his card. So. It looks like he wants Ethan Page and he wants Lee Moriarty. Really good in-ring wrestler, really good. Uh, I mean, Ethan's going to uh, in the ring, but, you know, I, I don't know what this means, I guess, for Scorpio Sky and American Top Team, but I know in real life, Stokely Hathaway and Ethan Page and MJF, they were all like best friends. Actually, if anyone wants to watch MJF not act like MJF, you can find it in old videos from like 2016 that Ethan Page did where they're all hanging out and stuff like that in hotels and just, you know, going off on each other and shit. Ricky Starks is in it, too. Uh, so. I don't know. He's, he's scouting. Do you think they're going to play this off as. Um, Stokely and uh, America's top team, they kind of get together to create a trios team. Could with be Lee Moriarty, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky as a team because that's a real that'd be a really fucking good trios team. Yeah. Um, and you can have them disintegrate just because of different views and different management, etc. With Dan Lambert and Stokely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that might be the route I would go with it, but uh, I wouldn't have gotten here with Lee Moriarty to begin with because I would have continued the storyline out of the first Ring of Honor pay per view where he fucking lost, you know, lost and followed that up, but here we are. He's probably going to be in a trio's team. Yep. I know. I'm not really looking forward to the whole trio's thing. I got to be honest with you. Um, it's fine. It's what I am. I, I'm going to be super looking forward to it. If like Pentagon and Phoenix bring in like Dragon Lee. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you can get like little or pocket ones like that. <laughs> God, I guess I guess part of the thing is like Ethan Page is great tag team wrestler, but and I'm happy that he's been doing a bunch and really happy with Josh Alexander as Impact Champion. But God, I miss the North as a tag team. 
Um, I hope one day we can see them back together. Maybe. <laughs> God, it feels like forever since we talked about them because one went to NXT and uh, kind of left Ethan Page behind and then he died the Karate Man death on uh, Impact and went to AEW. God, that seems like forever ago at this point. Yep, and now Josh is the champion for Impact, you know? Yeah. Uh, interesting. It would be fun to see them uh, interact at some point, whether, but like you were saying, as a tag team or uh, have just have a match. Also, Ethan Page is, like, really fucking good. Do more with him than you're doing. Get better, AEW. Gah! I can't say that. <laughs> Dynamite was really good. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right, so we had the the main event, which was Anna Jay and Ruby Soho. Anna Jay didn't do bad. She like really just cut off Mark Henry. People are cutting off Mark Henry too much. Okay, if he's in the same fucking room as you, you wouldn't do that. Trust me. Respect. Yeah. I hope next time someone cuts him off, he shows up like fucking Kool Aid Man. He's like, oh yeah, and sends him to the Hall of Pain. It's like he just walks off, and then all of a sudden he just ends up in the same frame. Like, are you going to do it again? No. <laughs> he fucking gives him the, uh, what was his move called? It was like the, it's just a power slam. He hits him, he hits him with a big-ass power slam, and he's like, now nah, it's time for the main event. And they have to go out there all fucked up. That'd be funny. He's got to randomly have, like, a, a salmon-colored uh, button-up, randomly. No one's saying anything about it. Um, that, that Mark Henry, color. Henry is underrated as a performer and wrestler in general. Uh, I would love to see him have one more match at some point. If they're going to keep too. doing these interviews, I want to see someone piss him off enough for him to to kill them in the ring. Uh, you don't, you don't think someone like, especially because I know they're influenced by him, Keith Lee or a powerhouse Hobbs, like you know. Yeah, I don't. Over. But I, I, another Mark Henry match, I'd wanted to be a squash, kind of like what they did with the Big Show. So, oh uh, yeah, who's the guy that does the is the Guido gimmick? Can't think of his name. Trainer at the Dream Factory or whatever the hell Cody Rhodes calls that thing. Oh, uh, fuck! Oh god, dang it! Um. He, he had, like, a segment, I think, last night, too. Oh, I'm not going to. I That's how relevant he is. We'll just put it that way. Oh, I think he's a good in-ring worker. He's just not, like, uh, he's a good trainer and good in-ring worker, but I can't think of his name at all. QT anyways, Marshall. Yeah, QT. I'll just have him get squashed by Mark Henry at some point. That'd be fun. Let's do that. Down for that. How about, how about Orange Cassidy? Getting squashed by Mark Henry? Uh, sure. I don't know. Unless you're going to give Mark Henry a huge push out of it. Or, I I know that we joke about Orange Cassidy, but he is one of the most over people on their entire fucking show. And can go in the ring, so I don't know that I would do that. Uh, there's been plenty of times in wrestling where one of the most over people on the group is not well received by someone. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I just don't know that I would have him get squashed by Mark Henry. <laughs> Maybe he could win instead. Um, all right, so the main event. Anna J. Ruby Soho. We already talked about the breakdown in the back. She was just not having her, and then they had a good match. Well, hmm. <laughs> Ruby's very seasoned. 
So it really looked like someone that was making it look very fluid, natural against someone that was trying to catch up the whole entire time. But there were a lot of parts where Ana Jay did really well. Uh, great facial expressions, good transitions into her chokehold. And inevitably, I'm pretty sure because of some type of distraction by Ty Conti, I can't remember, or someone else, uh, she got the win and choked her out. So that was good. And then we had a little bit of extra stuff happen afterwards, uh, Chris. Yeah, this was fine. I, I don't care at all about it or the story <laughs> going into it, if I'm being completely honest. Um, kind of a waste of Ruby Riot. Don't know that I would throw her in here. Yep. It's kind of, uh, she's found her place, I guess. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Afterwards, though, we had... I, I, I will say this about Ruby Riot. I do like the relationship with her and Eddie Kingston, and I hope if, if you're going to do something in storyline, flesh that out. Make it like an actual relationship relationship, even though we all know it's not real. Like, play off of it. Make them closer, because I feel like she fits in with like Eddie Kingston as being kind of the outcast characters of wrestling to some extent. No, I agree. So we did have an altercation with the two groups. And inevitably, Wheeler Yuta was about to cut a promo. Um, I think this happened like beforehand, but I've just remembered about it. And Chris Jericho cut him off, started talking crap. And Wheeler Yuta basically goaded him into having a match against Chris Jericho. That would happen next week. And if Wheeler Yuta wins, he actually is going to go against John Moxley uh, for the championship. So Jericho's going to win this, but still kind of fun match. And I thought Wheeler Yuta actually has a lot more confidence on the mic. I don't think he's there, but I think he can get there. Yeah, I mean, having the tutelage of uh, Moxley and Brian and Regal is probably not going to hurt him. Right. No. Riding around with those cats. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was fine. I'm assuming that they're going to trade off Lion Tamers or Walls of Jericho, depending on what you want to call it, in this match, which will be a fun spot. Yep. And also, Jericho going against Moxley, he's going to be the Lionheart. They said that many times, but Lionheart Chris Jericho is probably one of my favorites. Which means Jericho is going to go back to hitting all of his old spots. So, hopefully, he doesn't die doing that uh, second rope moonsault because the last few times he did that it was very scary yeah remember Hayabusa Um, hey man look Jericho's great he's just getting older don't ask me to do a fucking insult I'd probably die as well (laughs) yeah no shit I'm not I'm not doing a moonsault (laughs) into a pool on a fucking trampoline no Stop that. <laughs> yeah, when they start saying Lionheart, I'm assuming that he's going to go back to working basically cruiserweight style, and that kind of makes me nervous seeing some of the... Uh, when he tries to incorporate one of those older spots and then just knowing it's not there. Yeah, or kinda like the top, really... rope, top rope Hurricane Rana. That thing's scary every fucking time he tries to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, he's just... I mean, he's he's found another way to work that works fine. I don't know that... Lionheart Chris Jericho. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. 
it should be a fun match. Him and Moxley, the first one was really good, so hopefully this one will be really good. I would say be the pain maker over Lionheart Chris Jericho. Hopefully they're just doing that in storyline. He's not actually going to start trying to bring out like, you know, tornado DDTs and shit off the top turnbuckle. Yeah, no shit. I don't know. It should be interesting. Um, well, I guess we should talk a little bit about this uh, pay-per-view that's going to be tomorrow night. That uh, I told you, I think I'm more excited about than SummerSlam tonight in a couple hours. Oh man. So did you watch any of this roast? Of Ric Flair. No, has it already come out? Yes, I've heard that this was awkward as fuck, basically, is the reviews I've gotten from friends of mine. I have not gotten to watch it. Um, I heard Ric Flair, Flair like, kind of got all cryy at the end of it. What? So, uh, just heads up. Maybe wait until that. Don't buy it, because apparently it wasn't that funny. Bubba Ray Dudley wouldn't roast him. He just kind of put him over instead of doing any kind of roast. There was like some weird. This is not like a Frank Sinatra roast, basically. <laughs> Oof, that's not good. Um, so and that's not taking away anything from what this card's going to be, though. I think the pay-per-view itself, the mat, the, the matches themselves will be great. But I, I did hear the roast was not uh, particularly good. All right. Well, um, I don't know if I'm going to check that out now. I was very I want to check out. The reunion with the Horsemen because they got like J.J. Dillon, they got Arn Anderson, they have Barry Windham, they have a bunch of people on the panel. Dean Malenko, so that maybe I'll try to find a way to check out. I think I'll leave the roast alone if it was that terrible and just read the transcripts. But yeah, obviously this is just going off other friends of mine that watched it, but. Uh their opinions are pretty good on wrestling. So if they said it was that awkward, I'm just going to take their word for it. All right. Uh, starting off this, uh, this pay-per-view is, and we don't know how many, or if this is like 20, I don't know what this is. Dusty Rhodes came up with this concept. It's a bunkhouse battle Royal. So I don't know what the fuck changes that from a normal battle Royal, but I know it's happened. I think on some starcades way back in the day, uh, but right now, participants that they have announced, a bunch of, like, secret ones that are going to be in there. Bully Ray, James Storm, Crimson, Crowbar, uh, Commander, don't know who that is, Sin Bodhi, Ricky Shane Page, Big Damo, Brian Myers, Cal Hero, Wolfie D, and Gringo Loco. Um, I, I guess I could just look it up real quick, Chris. But do you have any idea what makes a Buckhouse Battle Royal that? I, <sighs> the only info I have is that Dusty Rhodes made it. That's it. Don't you have to wear your street clothes and cowboy boots? Isn't that the whole gimmick oh, of the Buckhouse? Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. And it's and you can use weapons and stuff. It's not... There's which there's no rules in a battle royal, anyways. Dusty liked to put bunkhouse in front of things, so I don't necessarily know if I'm 100 percent right no, on baby, this. But I, baby, I have an idea. What we'll do to get them plebiscite is we're gonna put bunkhouse in the name, baby. It is fun to say. I mean, I'm kind of more excited. If you just say battle royal, I'm like, uh. If you say bunkhouse battle royal, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Great names in is. there too, man. 
Bully Ray, James Storm, Crowbar, Sin Bodhi, Big Damo, Brian Myers, Gringo Loco. There's a bunch of cool people in this. Yeah, you have to think James Storm's going to win it since it's a bunkhouse battle royal, which I, he's the, he is the cowboy, James Storm. You think Enzo's going to be there in street clothes, ready to win? How you doing? I hope Enzo. I hope Enzo shows up on this card somehow, because yeah. welcome him back to the world of wrestling, dude. Enzo's great. Yep, I I agree, and I love this. We we, we should probably talk about this too. Is that the fact that they didn't really have any type of thing to call this, uh, because Conrad Thompson is such a badass and knows so many attorneys from his line of work and just. You know, Stephen P. New and knowing people that are wrestling fans that are also coincidentally <laughs> lure, lo, uh, lawyers like Stephen. You know, knowing all these guys, he had some people look into the fact that at least Jim Crockett Promotions wasn't bought. It was still an active IP. So he bought it, but he plans on after this, he wants to do future events and be a part of the booking like he did with David for this. But he's just handing over to david so there might be future events that will be under the crockett banner uh run by david and also conrad uh in the future so i think that's really fucking cool because this is such a random off the wall this kind of reminds me a little bit of all in in a lot of ways just you know different wrestlers from different organizations and if you can keep the uh crockett name alive i think that's actually kind of cool well it has very much the starcade feel right yeah, that too. Um, I think it's awesome. I, w- I would continue to fly under the banner StarCast over Jim Crockett Promotions. I mean, you can be like StarCast by Jim Crockett Promotions or whatever. But, I, I, you know, with StarCast already having like three events under its belt and people knowing what that is and knowing what that site is, um, you know, them kind of putting these shows together maybe four times a year touring the South, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I no. think there's definitely a market for it, right? Like it's something you can grow. I mean, this I'm assuming this pay-per-view is going to do like 100,000 buys. Um obviously Rick being there's part of it, a big part of it, but I think this is going to be hopefully it'll turn on um, you know, fans of Rick Flair to newer styles of wrestling. I mean, this like like we were saying this great ass card, so uh maybe you see Alex Shelley on this card, and you're like, "No, check him out. He's on Impact, right?" So if they do a good job of putting over the companies these people work for, I think it helps wrestling in general. And um, I'm totally down for more Jim Crockett promotion slash StarCast. I think it's a neat idea, um, especially if it's a whole weekend. Like if they do something here in Atlanta, I would I would be down to go to that. Sounds like fun. You know, go meet a bunch of old wrestlers and get to see a, a really good fucking wrestling card with multiple companies and not have to pay MLW $90 the fuck out of here, MLW. <laughs> You're still mad about that? I don't blame you. Yes. Fuck out of here. $80. (laughs) You got literally wrestlers on this event from MLW, from New Japan, from AEW, technically from WWE with when it comes to Jeff Jarrett, uh, NWA, like all the major companies, AAA, new, like everything. They're all on here. And I think that's really cool. And like you said, like, the smaller companies, a lot of them are doing exchanges with AEW and stuff like that, like Impact. But these smaller ones, as in GCW, as in, um, you know, uh, NWA, MLW, this type of stuff, and, you know, just doing little interactions, it's almost like creating like a mini 
territory outside of your big AEW. And I guess Impact would be kind of smaller on the side. And then also, obviously, WWE. So stick together and keep on making shit like this. And it seems like even AEW is willing to work with them. And to a, to a lesser extent, WWE. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't want to see another one with Ric Flair uh, having his last match, though. I'll tell you that. He can come. He can, like, promote it. He can come out and do a promo if he, if he wants to be involved on the fucking commentary. Definitely. But this should really legitimately be Ric Flair's last match, or this is just a ploy to try to get people and grab them under the Crockett banner. I mean, he could beat Jeff Jarrett with a figure four in this match and become, like, commissioner of this company, right? There you go. And still be a part of every show um, until he dies at some point, unfortunately. It will happen one day. He is, like, 175 years old. Hopefully it's <laughs> no not shit. in. Hopefully it's not <clears throat> in this match. <laughs> I think he's the first person to wrestle with a pacemaker, so we'll see. Um, Hunter, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta come in, pacemaker or not. Woo! So that's very interesting because obviously WWE is not gonna trade talent with AEW. I just don't see that happening. But they could have people show up on some shows like this. Uh, we kind of talked. Yeah. Previously with Roman Reigns when he had when he had both belts, I was like, what if he just showed up at like MLW or NWA? Because there was an idea, there was a for a while there they were going to do some kind of combination show with MLW and Roman Reigns uh, and WWE in general, right? They were going to do a TV show together. I don't know what that yeah, happened. And then WWE pissed them off, so they sued him. Yeah, not exactly what, but hey, here's a question: WWE related. Uh, I, I see Ric Flair and he's on a tag team with his son-in-law Andrade and they're going against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Oh, and they have a, someone in their corner, little Karen Jarrett. She doesn't get involved in matches, right? I wonder <laughs> if someone that's very related to both individuals on the opposite side, a female might confront Karen Jarrett. Uh, maybe someone that's considered the queen. Hmm. I don't know. That could be fun. That'd be awesome. It would be if, if Charlotte makes a little appearance or especially even Hunter or something like that, that, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're all in Nashville. So takers in Nashville as well. So who, who the hell knows? Isn't he doing some kind of comedy or talk with taker this weekend or whatever Tom the hell taker that... is, uh, it's so weird. He's doing motivational speeches. He's Tony Robbins. <laughs> Tony Robbins, if he was a reanimated version of Tony Robbins, basically. Um, well, he's got to, I mean, you know, props for Taker, though, because isn't he doing this <laughs> all for that Tiger Tiger charity or whatever, where they try to save you're right. the cats or whatever? Yeah, you're right. That's very true. All right, I let's, mean, let's I, get... I, I, I would go listen to be like, I got... There's a hundred people here. I got a hundred holes for a hundred souls. I'd be like, oh shit, he did the thing. <laughs> and it's if you all get those hundred holes, you can try to figure out the structure of how much money you can hide in them and uh, save your money. And uh, don't trust Mick Foley. He farts. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I hope he. I hope he has a pet tiger on the stage. I really do. <laughs> he's just. He's just. No, it would be a panther. It's going to be a black panther, right? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Shit. 
Um, I kind of want right. to go to one of these. If he if he's going to do this and he comes to Atlanta, me and you are going. <laughs> just because like, I need to know what this is. <laughs> I would rather go to a mo- motivational speech for fucking uh, from Undertaker <laughs> than go to like a, a smaller indie show or MLW show where I have to worry about possibly getting, I don't know, like anything. Um, or just paying, paying $80 for I'll a become, fucking I'll ticket. I'll become Fuck a leper. <laughs> I'll become a leper. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm paying $80 to see MLW. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to this. Once again, list is not in order exactly. I can't wait for this tag team match, man. I love the concept. Uh, Marshall and Ross Von Erich with their dad, Kevin Von Erich, in their corner are going against them boys, the Briscoes, uh, JMR Briscoe. Now, JMR are going to win, and they could use a win, obviously, in a high-profile sort of way, but... Marshall and Ross are fucking, I mean, they teamed with uh, Tom Lawler to go against, god damn it, what's the name of that paper, or that, uh, that group, uh, god dang it, oh man, I can't remember, it's gonna drive me fucking crazy, it's, it's the one that Jacob Fatu was in, but anyways, the, oh. their little terrorist unit thing, um, but they had a fucking the match, squ- the, Hit squad. I'm trying to no, remember. Uh, it was just like one word. God damn it. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But they had that. Basically, they're tough and they hit hard. This can be a fun match. It's kind of throwback ish because you have Von Eriks going against Briscoes, but you know, Briscoes aren't related. Uh, you know, they're there's tough, obviously, I would say, as Gerald and fucking. Uh, you know, but this is gonna be a fun match. I think Briscoes are definitely winning it. Do you think Papa Briscoe is gonna get involved? I would love Papa Briscoe and Kevin Von Erich to have like a little some words on the side <laughs> about what's gonna happen. I think that'd be awesome. I think, I think that would be fun. I think this will be a really good match, and I have the Briscoes winning as well. All right, so we have uh, Clark Connors going against Ren Narita for New Japan. Um. God. I heard this match might change because Clark was dinged up, but Ooh. I guess we will we will see. Well, if it's Clark and Renderita, I see probably Clark winning. They're both uh, two up and coming names from the uh, LA Dojo, but Clark has some steam, I would say, in being involved in the uh, AEW pay per view. Uh, if it's not, I'm very curious who they get put put against uh, Renderita. How about Ren Narita, if, if this has to be a replacement, and he's over here, um, he just fought Pac and lost to him, but what about Shooter against Ren Narita? That would be a fun fucking one, two of the big guys coming out of the dojos, opposite ones, Tokyo Dojo and obviously the uh, LA Dojo. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be great. I mean, Kashida's in town, too, because he's wrestling Ooh. Shelly today. Ooh, that's another one. Mm. So Kushida versus Rin Irita, that that'd be pretty fun, especially because he's or like I said, he's working today. They're doing a uh, he's he's actually wrestling Alex. If I'm not mistaken, he's wrestling Alex Shelley right now, um, somewhere in Nashville. What's wrong, Cat? Why have you been underneath the bed all day? Weird. Anyways, all right. So after that, we have uh, Killer Cross going against Davey Boy Smith Jr. Uh, Cross will have Scarlett Bardot in his corner. I think Killer Cross is going over, but this should be a fucking hard-hitting match. Like, all of these, 
honestly, for the most part, besides the Luchador match, a lot of these are just guys that can go out there and beat the shit out of each other <laughs> sort of thing because that's very old school. So I love that. I mean, I think that's what they're going for with this pay-per-view, right? Is yeah. to give you... I mean, there's a, like there's some matches late when we get further in the card. Like, the Shelly match will be more uh, modern, but there is a lot of just like, hey, here's some hosses. Go beat the shit out of each other, boys. <laughs> kind of matches on the card. Um, yeah, I got Killer Cross here. It's going to be fun seeing Scarlett B- Bordeaux again. It's been a while. I don't know why WWE fired her. I thought she was great. Yeah, no shit. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her and Cross in a high-profile match like this again. Especially, like, you know, they've been doing MLW, but this will be a, a much bigger arena that they're used to. So, um, see been, what their presentation which, is. They've been doing MLW and what's the other fucking company where they wrestle at, like, Chuck E. Cheese or whatever with Braun Strowman and... Uh... <laughs> you know EC3. hey hey dude i'm sorry braun Strowman is so in on this with uh with with ec3 and all of a sudden like hold on i got a phone call triple h and he goes in the back and he's like <laughs> you want me back you want, oh fuck yeah i'm braun Strowman again fuck adam sheer let's fuck hey ec3 i gotta go and then he's gonna fucking dip out the door uh, same thing honestly his honestly his contract's not that ridiculous like he got let go because of his contract and then vince signed like kevin owens and Sami Zayn for four million a year and then brought in cody Rhodes. <laughs> i do actually miss braun uh not as much as like bray and certain other people but i do miss braun wwe when he was used right he was fun when he was used terrible well yeah um yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, they had a chance to really make a big deal out of him, and they fucked it up with the whole Brock Lesnar thing. So, Yep, I agree. All right, so this has happened in PWG, Ring of Honor, at different pay-per-views in the past, but it's been, I think they said, 15 years. They said since these two tag teams have gone against each other. I think you know, uh, especially Chris, who we're going for, but still... The Wolves, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards going against the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. Eddie's looks like he's cut weight the last couple times I've seen him. Um, I mean, Davey Richards is always in a fucking, he's a million bucks. And Motor City Machine Guns have been going, you know, together and even working with each uh, against each other. But, uh, yeah, I think Motor City Machine Guns are going to win, but this is going to be a fucking awesome match. This might be better than the Briscoes and Von Erichs. And I love the Briscoes. Yeah, I, I think this might be the best match on the card. Yeah, it's going to be fucking it's, great. It's two of the best tag teams of the past 20 years going against each other. In a high-profile match. It should be really fucking good. I agree. All right, so then we have a really cool uh, match for AAA that Conan got together. We got Ray Phoenix, Laredo Kid, Toros, and Bandito all in a match. Uh, Ray Phoenix, I don't know if there's anything on the line. It doesn't look like from the websites, both of them that I'm looking at. But Ray has the Latin American Championship now, and he also won the uh, the Cruiserweight Championship. So maybe that could be on the line. I don't know. I know uh, Vakingo has the uh, Mega Belt still. But this is going to be awesome. Laredo Kid's awesome. Toros is a great, you know, base big guy to, like, do stuff off of. Bandito's awesome. And it's fucking Ray Phoenix. So, either Bandito or Ray Phoenix, I'm pushing for Phoenix. What do you think, Chris? 
I'm going to go with Ray Phoenix, but this is like pretty much the main event from Triple Mania. Minus like one yeah. person. Vikingo. Um, yeah, should be a really fun match. If you like Lucha Wrestling, they're, they have that on the show for you. All right. The next match, and I don't know if this has changed. I just checked the main website. He's still on this. So maybe he still, you know, is going to do this even though apparently he quit. But uh, Jonathan Gresham, Alan Angels, Takeshka, and Nick Wayne, who Nick Wayne is the 16-year-old. That's fucking fantastic. He's a prodigy. And apparently he's got a contract with AEW once he gets to a certain age. But uh, this is going to be a lot of fucking fun. I'm going to go for Georgia boy, Alan Angels. But I could also see Takeshka. I could also see Gresham if he's involved. It's the three-way. Gresham's not in the picture. Um, I'm going to go with Alan Angels, but Takeshka's probably going to win. I'm just going with the Georgia boy, damn it. Fuck it. I'm going to go with Buddy Wayne. I think this is a toss-up. And also, this might be a three-way, depending on how pissed off Gresham is. He did say in that exit... He did kind of like an interview. I can't remember what the website was offhand, and I apologize for that. But he did say that he's going to try to fulfill his previous commitments before stepping back for a while. So if if Gresham's here, I'm going to go for Gresham. I think Gresham will probably win. But uh, I don't know. It'd be fun to see Buddy Wayne get a win here. Buddy Wayne's son, Nick Wayne, you mean? Nick Wayne, yeah, little sorry. Bu- yeah, little, little Buddy little, Wayne? Little Buddy Wayne. <laughs> Nick Wayne, sorry. No, you're good. All right, uh, next match. This is another one. All these are so much fucking fun. Uh, and we still have a couple before the main event. Ricky and Carrie Morton with Robert Gibson in their um, corner going against Brian Pillman Jr., Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson in their corner. I'm going rock and roll on this, man. But I don't know. Maybe Arn will just knock out Ricky and Robert. Oh... This one's tough for me. I'm going to go with, uh, I guess I'm going to go with the uh, Arns team on this one, just because I know that rock and roll is, they said this is their last hurrah. So maybe they want to, you know, put over some young cats. I'm going to go with that. Seeing Brian Pillman develop still as a wrestler in the last couple of years in MLW. I still think he has a ton, shit ton of potential, not use the best in AEW, but also Kerry Morton, um, Ricky's son, and NWA, I there's, I don't know. I'm really uh, fascinated in seeing Kerry Morton and uh, Brian Pillman Jr. go back and forth. So uh, this is gonna be fun. Definitely gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm wondering how much Arn is gonna get involved in that because it makes it that makes it more fun to me. If Arn's gonna take off the rolly, put it in his pocket. That's how you punch time's about to start. <laughs> Robert gets right in his way, and he goes, I'm not sloth from the Goonies. Uh. <laughs> Is he going to uh, wear his armed Anderson shirt? I hope so. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. All right, next one. Awesome match. We have a, the uh, Impact uh, Knockouts Championship on the line. Champ Jordan Grace is going against Kitty, Deanna Perrazzo, and also Rachel Ellering. Um, in a three-way match, and um, I, I, I think unless you're going to put it on Deanna, you, you keep it on Grace. 
Yeah, I think Jordan Grace is going to end up winning here um, just because I feel like the next pay-per-view is going to be Jordan versus Deanna for that title, uh, which they may switch it back to Deanna at that point. But this should be a really fun match. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Ellering in the ring, though. Has she been doing... I don't, I don't know where she's currently working. Has she just been doing indie stuff? Well, no, she was with Impact. I think she injured her or injured herself, so I think this is her coming back. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I knew she worked there for a little bit, but Impact has those weird deals where you don't, you're not necessarily under contract. You can go other places. I think the only person they actually have locked under a contract, as far as big names go, is Josh Alexander. Well, speaking of which, before we get to the main event. The Impact World Championship on the line. Josh Alexander going against a part of the Analoa family and past MLW World Heavyweight Champion, Jacob Fatu. Josh is going to win, but this is going to be an awesome fucking match, man. This is this is going to be a lot of fucking fun. You got a technical guy that's big, you know, uh, collegiate wrestler style against... You know, someone that can move around like fucking uh, Jimmy Snuka, his uncle. Yeah, this is, I think this is going to be the second best match on the card after the um, yeah. Motor City Machine Gun show. But, yeah. Josh going to win, match. right? Yeah. Um, I would think so, because we haven't heard anything about MLW doing any kind of long-term booking with Impact. And also, there are... Don't they have a title match with Shelly and Alexander coming up? Yep. So he he has to. This is this isn't for the title though. This is just like I don't know. That makes it more interesting. If it's if it's not for a title, then maybe Fatu could get. Oh no! It's 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 for the Impact World Championship. Oh okay. Then yeah, he's got to lose because they've already filmed those shows for Impact. All right, and then obviously the main event, one we've been waiting for, Ric Flair and Andrade El Idolo going against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with Karen Jarrett in their corner. And I I think that Ric Flair's team is going to win. I think that Charlotte's going to get involved, take out Karen Jarrett. Um, but it would be awesome for Jay Lethal to, not Andrade, to do the figure four against Ric Flair and take him out. But we will find out if that happens, but I feel like Ric Flair's team is going to win. Oh, this one's tough because it depends on how Ric Flair looks at wrestling. If this is really his last match in theory, you're supposed to go out on your back, or at least that's what Terry Funk's always said. Terry's like, no, Rick, you need to make sure you put that young man over. Jay Lethal's like 37. I don't put anyone over! <laughs> Woo! Oh, that's not true. Flair puts everybody over. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Lethal with the figure four. I'm going to go with Jay Lethal getting the W here. I, I, I really am really just am. more excited about Double J and Ric Flair's interactions in the ring. I think that's going to be fucking old school and hilarious uh, times. Lots of Lots of woos back and forth. Lots of them trying to put each other in the figure four, which will be fucking really fun for the two minutes they do it in this match. Uh, all right, well, 
that is the episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I think my voice is going, so I think we've cut out at a perfect time. But uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. I mean, really, honestly, Chris, wrestling itself, I I think AEW, with certain things, I always do criticize, but slowly but surely, their they're, they're roster's really improving. They're starting to understand stuff. And we don't have a crazy old man in charge of WWE anymore. And it's the same guy that made our favorite wrestling show, who apparently is in charge of creative um, a few years back with NXT with Triple H. So I think things are going good. We got Jim Crockett Productions doing certain things, lots of podcasts. So everyone quit fucking bitching. Let's have some fun. But maybe I'll bitch later on. I don't know. Tends to happen. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people and everything else. Give your closing statements, your thoughts, anything. Goodbye, lovely people. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, you can hit me at, at Chris R. Patton. On Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton. Same on Instagram. And uh, look forward to hearing from you guys. And hopefully everybody checks out this New Japan Strong Show, SummerSlam, and uh, this Ric Flair pay-per-view. Should be a really fun weekend if you're a big wrestling fan. All right. And... You can find me at DaneAlves42 on Twitter and Dane Alves on Instagram and Facebook. Hit me up. Let's have a conversation about the wrestling nation and everything going on in between it. Uh, you can listen to us for all new listeners on Spotify, on Stitcher, on YouTube Music, on iTunes, all of those normal platforms. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Subscribe. Give us a five-star shit. Give us a, a, a six and a half you know like the 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 most do we have a seven star rating in wrestling yet whatever just get us up there um and (laughs) five stars fine guys that's that's the only option is going up to five so that's we'll, we'll we'll take that but uh thank you guys so much for listening you guys have a great day night whenever you're listening to this and we'll get another show next week peace out and let the wrestling Geeks Alliance, be with all of you.